strike. BYU baseball heads back to the diamond. There's a ball hit very deep. Left fielder looking up, going back at the wall. It's out of here. And the Batcats are swinging for the fences. Center fielder going back. He's not going to get there. It's time for BYU baseball on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Play ball. Live coverage of BYU baseball is brought to you by Loop Duck, Reinhardt Oil, Chip Cookies, Sag Chevron, Foot Insurance, and Revere Health Orthopedics. Now, to get you ready for the first pitch, here's Brent Norton. Well, good afternoon, BYU baseball fans, as the BYU Cougars uh, take on their longtime nemesis, the Utah Utes, tonight here in Provo. Brent Norton uh, joined by Scott Haas tonight. Scott, uh, Boy, you, BYU and Utah get together, you never know. You, you just never th- know. You throw the records out the window. Even though the Cougars have really dominated they this have. series, they've won more than 2-1 to one over Utah. But we've seen some crazy, funny things in this series, and, and look forward to another one good, to, good one tonight. Well, Utah, I mean, they're 2-16, they're and 16, but they've lost 10 of those games by two runs or less. So you can't let the record fool you. And, again, when you have a rivalry game like this, it doesn't matter. Yep. Everything goes out the window. The stats go out the window because these guys, you know, they want to play. No they want to win. And, and this is something that goes back, you know, long before these guys ever put on the cleats for these teams. You know, this is fun. Coach Littlewood said, if you don't understand the the series as a freshman, you do after the first couple of pitches. So, I mean, and that's and that's the honest truth. I mean, and, and uh, Bill Kennerberg, uh, Mike Littlewood, uh, you know, respect each other. They're playing four times this year, which I think is a great thing. Uh, two at home, or you know, two here in Provo, two in Salt Lake, and and that's the way it should be. Two Division One programs, forty miles apart, and a uh, great rivalry. So, looking forward to a great one here tonight. And you've got four freshmen on the Utah team. This is their first taste yeah. of the rivalry between the Cougs and the Utes, and so yeah, they're a pretty young ball club. And some of them are they're going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be baptism by fire right here, first pitch, and down here at uh, at uh, Miller Park. You know, it's interesting. The Cougars coming off. Uh, Really, first time they've been swept since 2015 here against LMU, who's a good team. I wouldn't consider them a great team. Cougars just couldn't get it going. They're just not firing on all cylinders, as Coach Littlewood said. It just doesn't feel right right now. And, you know, everybody, you have your ebbs and flows of a baseball season. It's a long season. But Cougars, four big games this week with Utah and then Gonzaga coming in this weekend. If this wasn't Utah, you'd you'd almost think this is kind of a trap game because you're looking ahead to Gonzaga, you're coming off of LMU, and you really have to get back on track with your conference schedule. So this is, again, one of those tune-up games. But, again, because this is Utah, right, this is going to be a fun game to watch. We've got a great matchup on the mound. Guys have been swinging. I mean, we had 39 hits. BYU had 39 hits in those three games against LMU. The only problem is gave up 36. Yeah. So <laughs> if, if BYU can get the pitching back on track in time for Gonzaga, today's a really big step, not only you know against Utah and to establish this rivalry in the first of four games, as you mentioned, but also getting ready for Gonzaga. Well, and uh, the Cougars, have, as they've done the last couple of years, this has kind of turned into be a staff day Tuesday. I mean, their their pitching is depleted with Gates down, Brady down for the year, and this has turned into a staff day. Bo Burp's going to get the start. They're hoping to get him through two, possibly three innings, and then you go to the pen, an inning, an inning, an inning. It's worked. It worked last week against UVU, or yeah, last week against UVU, and and that's what Coach Littlewood's got projected today, uh, because of that big series starting Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The Utes don't play till Friday. So they might uh, take a little different approach to it, but right now BYU looking at it as a as a pure staff day on the mound. And that worked well last week against UVU, as you mentioned. Again, you know, that pitching by committee. But Burrup, each one of these guys, they're trying to get more innings, right? 
both both sides of, of uh, you know, in both dugouts. They want to show that they can establish themselves. So Burrup, he pitched in two of the three games against LMU, had a good inning. He struggled in his other outing where it was a little over an inning that he got in there but gave up four hits and three earned runs. And so this is an opportunity for him to continue to establish himself as a lefty. Get a, he's, he's struggling a little bit in terms of his strikes. He's about 50% right. balls to strike ratio. You'd like to see that more around 70% strikes. Today, this is him. And starting is a totally different animal than relieving. And he's been in a relief role a lot of times. This is an opportunity for him to start. All right, we're going to send it now. Uh, we had a chance to uh, interview Coach Mike Littlewood right before the game here. Uh, let's send it to that interview. And then we'll be back with, them over, with a little more pregame right after this on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. Okay, we're here with Coach Mike Littlewood uh, right before the big game with Utah on this Tuesday night, Coach, and uh, had a chance to practice uh, yesterday after that weekend series against LMU. What's your feel for the team right now and, and the, the attitude we've got coming into tonight's game? Today was a good, or yesterday was a good practice, good crisp, good energy. Um, you know, I think these guys have been around long enough to, to not dwell on, on a bad weekend. Uh, it felt, a lot, this weekend felt a lot like how we ended at Gonzaga last year when we, when we got swept up there. It was just a weird feel, and um, we talked about having a short memory, just putting that behind us, learning from it, and moving on. It seems it's just a little frustrating. I know you've been frustrated. It just doesn't seem like since maybe Cal State Northridge that you're kind of hitting on all cylinders, especially offensively. I mean, you've got some guys that need to step up. I mean, these are guys that have uh, put numbers up in the past that just aren't quite there yet. I feel like one through nine, we're, we're getting decent at-bats, but not all on the same night. Um, and, and our guys are going up there feeling like they have to do it all in, in one at-bat instead of just keeping with a philosophy that it's let me do my job and then let the next guy do his job and go base to base. And so I think more consistent at-bats throughout the game with one through six in our lineup and even moving in, into seven uh, uh, and eight with, with Kloss in there. But Perns has been the bright spot in that nine hole for us. Uh, and Brian Sue's done a great job in the two hole. But if we can get B. Anderson and Schneeman and Kringlin and, and Brock um, all swinging it, who are really good hitters and good good college baseball players, hitting at the same time, and we could have a, a very dynamic offense. You've got Utah tonight, uh, an amazing statistic overall, uh, all time, two hundred forty four wins against one hundred sixteen losses to the Utes. How do you explain that? I mean, it's 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 absolute domination on the baseball side of things. I don't know. I mean, it's been such an interesting rivalry since I played here and way before in, in the mid-'80s. Um, it's just one of the – you know, I always say, and it sounds cliche, but you can throw records out the window when we play each other, and it's going to come down to the last inning or most of the time. And, and um, we've had some battles since I've been coaching here and battles when, when I played here. Um, we, have, we, we do have the edge overall, but, um, you know, I, I just think it's – maybe it's a mental thing. Who knows? I mean – I, I really feel like our team expects to win when we play Utah, and we've got a good feel tonight going into this game. I know how you feel about the series. You place a lot of importance on these games. You got them four times this year. It shouldn't be tough to get them motivated to go out tonight and really play hard. No, there's absolutely nothing we have to say to rah-rah. No, no rah-rah speech for, for this one. And, uh, you know, the guys who haven't been in this, all the freshmen coming in, they'll, they'll understand really quick what this rivalry is all about in, in the bottom of the first inning. Coach, uh Talk to us about the the pitching. You're going to start Burrup, hopefully get him two or three tonight, and then make it kind of a staff night. Yeah, I've scripted out the innings, but um, that's going to be kind of dynamic. We'd, we'd like to see – I've got Bo for two innings, but if he can go three, we'll run him out there for three. The, the goal tonight is obviously to have guys be be fresh on the weekend. That's an important thing for us, and be sharp, sharp tonight. Um, if we can do what we did at Utah Valley against Utah Valley last Tuesday, I mean, I think that would be perfect. Every guy came in. 
did their job. James Barker and, and Justin Sterner, um, who aren't scheduled to throw tonight, might have to come in and throw. But they did a nice job, too, for us and getting their feet wet. But um, be crisp tonight and be, be ready to go on the weekend. Four big games this week, Utah and then Gonzaga coming in. Uh, uh, a big week for BYU baseball. It really is, especially how we played the first weekend, losing three games. I mean, it really, we, we kind of back ourselves into a corner and makes every every game at this point a must-win, it seems like. But I would probably say that if we were 3-0 and at this time instead of 0-3 in league play. But, yeah, Gonzaga is going to be one of the top four teams, and, and we should be one of the top four teams. So it's going to be uh, – we, we need to kind of hold the home, home court here. Okay, Coach, good luck. Uh, we'll talk to you after the game. Thanks, Brent. Back here at Larry Miller Field as the Cougars on the field getting ready for the start of this game versus the University of Utah. Cougars with Clawson behind the plate. Sue at first base, Brendan Anderson at second, Daniel Sneeman the shortstop, and uh, Nate Favero at third. In left field, Kyle Dean gets the start in left for the Cougars today. In center field is Brennan, or in center field is uh, Jarrett Perns. He's been swinging a real hot bat for the Cougars. And, and then Brock Hale in right. And Bo Burrup on the hill, 1-0 on the year for Burrup, but an ERA over 14 on the year. He is a junior out of Pocatello, Idaho. And Burrup, has, if anything, has just struggled with his command this year. And uh, like Scott said, uh, you know, starting a little different than relieving. So it'll be interesting to see how he re- reacts to this. Yeah, I, I preferred, I mean, I, I hated coming out of the bullpen because it's a different rhythm and it's really hard to get into that groove with the umpire, with the flow of the game. You usually come in with guys on base when you're relieving, not when you're pitching by committee, you know, but a lot of times you're coming in and the other pitcher's in trouble. So now you get to come out, establish your rhythm, how quickly you want to work, and and that's what's the advantage here, uh, you know, the Burrup has today to work with. And if he can throw, you know, first pitch strikes is going to be key for him to get ahead of the hitters. Let's see what happens right here. Here we go. First pitch as uh, Bo Burrup on the hill. First pitch to Oliver Dunn is over for a call strike one. Dunn, a sophomore out of Salt Lake, 5'10", 185-pounder, second baseman, hitting 242 on the year. This Utah team has struggled offensively, hitting 244 as a team. Burrup throws a curveball and Dunn swings and misses. So quickly, 0-2 the count. He'll be followed by Matt Richardson and Dom, uh, Dominic Foscalina. Burrup from the windup and a pitch and a swinging strike three. Pretty good start by Burrup. Three pitches and a strikeout. Yeah, he started him off with a fastball on the inside corner and then came with the two sliders. That one took a little bit more off that, 81 miles an hour on that one. And you know what? If it worked the second time and he swung through it, why not go back to the same thing again? Great call. Especially 0-2. Great call. Pitch was off the plate as Matt Richardson, the shortstop for the Ute steps in. He's a freshman out of San Diego. He's... Gotten off to a good start, hitting 350 in the first pitch is down low, ball one. Richardson uh, worried number four in the back of the jersey. Cougars, uh, the Utes in red, the Cougars in blue here. There's a ball hit out to Favero. He knocks it down, picks it up, throws the first for the out. Good play by Favero down there. Kind of a short hop and came up and hit him on the chest, and he reached down, picked it up quickly, and made the throw. Well, he's playing in already in that situation because Richardson does have some speed. So that gave him the time, again, on a hard-hit ball to gather himself, make a good throw, didn't rush at all. And, again, with the turf, that ball's getting there even faster. So that worked to his advantage. Foscalina steps in, and he bunts out in front of the plate, picked up, no, bobbled by Bo Burrup, and then thrown down the right field line. That'll be an error on Burrup. Actually, probably two errors. They're going to try to, you know, they'll hold the runner at second base. Looked like he was going to try to make it to third base. 
Burp just uh, came out of his glove, and then he came up and threw wildly. Well, that was that was a high hop. I mean, that right out of the gates. We're watching the replay. It hits the plate and bounce bounces up about twenty feet. Yeah, I think if he makes the play, it's an easy out. But he bobbles, then he comes up and and then throws over. That's two errors on Burrup on that one play. He used to have a runner in scoring position. That's where Clausen's just got to tell him he didn't have a play at first. He was already there. Hold the ball and at least minimize the damage. First pitch swing and a miss to Tom Riker, the third baseman. Riker, a Cedar City, Utah native, went to San Diego for one semester and then transferred to Utah, sat out last year as a redshirt year, now playing his uh, freshman year here for the Utes. Here's the 0-1. That pitch is down low, one ball and one strike. Your burp has got to do a good job of keeping Richardson uh, uh, there on, you know, on base, or at least, uh, excuse me, Foscalina on base. He's in scoring position. He's good at... Getting the pitches he wants right here. Let's see if he can put him away. 1-1 pitch up high for a ball. Two balls and a strike. Foscalina, I'll have to admit, that was a little surprising. This kid's got three home runs, nine RBIs, and he's he's bunning on the first pitch. With two outs, right? Nobody on. Which is not the normal thing that you would uh, see a number three hitter do. Swing and a miss. Boy, Burp got the good breaking pitch going. Now Burp in on his hands, a swing and a miss. Two and two. Well, that's down and in. That's no man's land coming from a lefty against a right-handed hitter. There's nothing he's going to do with that. Tied him up down and in. I should mention this Utah team has been in just about every game they've played. Lost some tough, had some tough luck losses. But they have uh, struggled offensively, only hitting 244 in the year as a team. They run a lot. They have 21 stolen bases. 2-2. Two, two. Swing and a miss. Nope, foul tipped up and out of uh, Clausen's glove. And Riker remains alive. On deck is Wade Golden, the first baseman. He's a senior out of Redding, California. Let's see if Burp goes back with that same pitch on that slider down and in. So the top four guys in the lineup for the Utes are either sophomores or freshmen. A lot of youth on this team. Bill Kennerberg, the head coach, in his 15th year. Pitches outside, three and two. Kennerberg was the head coach of the Utes in 95 and 96. That was my last year. Yeah, and then he, yep. he went away, head coach of UTEP in Wyoming for a while, and then back, and has been the head coach of the Utes since 2004. Here's Burrup's 3-2. The ball drilled foul down the first uh, third base side. Yeah, Kinneberg is, uh, of course, you know, we had an opportunity playing against him back in the day, and then he came back, and, you know, he's had a good run with the Utes. He's yeah. a great coach. He's got a great reputation around the country. He's a fundamentals guy. He knows how to coach and, and you know, bring up these younger guys like he's dealing with right now. Three and two, fastball just off the plate inside for ball four. Boy, pretty close pitch. Yeah, the umpire looked at that one. Didn't quite catch enough of the plate. Looking back on the replay, Clausen. Mm. It, it was tight. <laughs> it was too close to take. Well, when you've as got a hitter, a, you've got a lefty coming across the plate like that. Even more, you're hoping you get the benefit of the doubt because it just from that perspective. But at least Wade, he had an open base. Wade Gelden, left-hander, steps in. First pitch over for a strike. Uh, Mike Jarbo was the home plate umpire here tonight. Blake Jensen at first. 
Joey Stegnar, the second base umpire, and Jeff Clough at third. Cougars have gone to the four-man crew this year. And the pitch is swing and a miss. The West Coast Conference, it's up to you if you want to go four- or three-man crew. BYU, I think it's a right thing. I'll tell you, there's so many plays down the lines. And in this particular, with a four-man crew, you've always got a guy in the line. Yeah, it's a great situation to have. 0-2 to Golden. He's one of the uh, veterans of this team. Breaking pitch off the plate. And the count uh, one and two. Cougars have literally dominated 244 wins to 116 losses against Utah. That's more than a two-to-one clip. I mean, that's staggering when you think about it. Yeah, you don't see that in many sports at all. Here's the one-two. The pitch is outside for ball two. Good stop by Clawson there. He had to go down, block that. It was quite a bit outside. And if he doesn't, that moves the runners up to second and third. Even though there's two outs, Burrup's got to be careful here. He's still, he's 2-2 count. And Golden, really one of the guys that uh, can make a difference. He's struggling this year, only hitting 203, but this kid has proven in the past he swings the bat well. Now uh, Bo backs off the mound. We're in the top of the first, no score. Utes with runners at first and second base. Pitches off the plate. Three and two. Well, Burrup's got to do something right here, come with his best stuff. He had him swinging earlier in the count on that slider. Missed with the fastball on the 2-2 pitch. Let's see if he comes back with the slider and challenges him right here, full count. Here's Burrup's 3-2. Swinging, strike three. Came back with a breaking pitch and got Golden to swing right through it. No runs, no hits, two errors, two runners left. We are through a half an inning. Utes nothing. And the Cougars come into the plate on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. We'll go to the bottom of the first inning. No score, Utah. And the Cougars come into the plate. Brandon Anderson, uh, Brian Sue, Daniel Seaman, the three scheduled hitters. The Utes who will have uh, Shea Kramer behind the plate. Wade Golden at first. Oliver Dunn at second. Matt Richardson, the shortstop. And Tom Riker at third. Chandler Anderson in left. Dominic Fossilina in center, and Eric Miguelas is uh, the right fielder. And Jacob Rebar is on the plate. Rebar, a uh, junior, uh, 6'5", 230 out of Tracy, California. He's uh, no wins, no losses, 3.75 earned run average, wearing number 33. Yeah, we got the matchup of uh, another big lefty up there on the mound. We'll see how Rebar starts things off right here. Against Anderson. Brennan Anderson steps in, senior for the Cougars. Been pretty much a fixture at second base for the Cougars over these last three years. First pitch is down low. Before his mission, he played a little you know, spotty his freshman year, but he's been out there since returning. First pitch is one ball, no strikes to Anderson. He's hitting 288 on the year with a home run. This kid was a third-team All-American preseason pick. And Anderson takes that one outside for ball two. Anderson's uh, got to get going right here. I mean, he's he's been able to crank things up each season. You know, a lot of these guys are still kind of in that preseason mentality, right? Getting on track. And Anderson, he's kind of the key to the BYU offense. 2-0 pitch. Anderson fouls it off. 89 on the fastball there by Reber. The Utes 2-16. They lost their... First 13 games this year. 
Cougars nine wins, nine losses after on a four-game winning streak coming into the last weekend, and LMU came in and took three from BYU in the first uh, series of the West Coast Conference. Rebars pitch, and Anderson fouls this one off down the right side. Two balls and two strikes to uh, the Cougars' second baseman. Sue will be up uh, next. He's the first baseman, and then Schneeman, the shortstop. Reber hit 90 on that fastball right there. You're not going to see a lot of lefties, you know, this early in the season that are going to be touching 90. So this is a great opportunity for BYU to see something they haven't seen so far and get ready for the, the rest of the conference play. 2-2 two, two pitch outside, ball three. Brennan will uh, step back in with a full count here. Mike Littlewood down the first base coaching box. Trent Pratt down the third base side. They're assisted by Brent Herring, Jeremy Thomas, and Tuckett Slade. As the Cougars trying to get off to a good start here. 3-2 pitch. Anderson swings. Foul tips it back into the catcher's glove. Four out number one. And that will bring Sue to the plate. Had a good look at it. Now he's right down there. Belt high. Fastball, 89 miles an hour. Anderson just... Just missing that one. Looked like a little cut fastball. Had a little movement to it. Good start for Reber. Brian Sue steps in. He's the leading Cougar hitter, hitting at 404 on the air. Two home runs, nine RBIs for Sue. First pitch outside, ball one. Sue came in as a third baseman his freshman year, won the starting spot, but just couldn't get things going to the bat. Lost a little confidence, as he told me. And and then uh, since then, he's been plagued by injuries. Poor his labrum, and, but he's got great hands, very good defensive player. He's at first base for the Cougars and has really been swinging the bat uh, well this year. Sue foul tips that one back into the catcher's glove. Fastball at 89, and the count goes to one ball and one strike. What you like to see about Sue, he's got 57 at-bats, only two strikeouts. This guy makes contact. And he's off to a great start so far this year. One of the nation's leaders in striking out is Sue. And here's Rebar's pitch. That's uh, down low, two and one. Brian Sue, a junior out of San Ramon, California. Slugging percentage at 614. He's been hot. He's been hot for sure. Coach Littlewood, I'll tell you what he said about Sue here. His freshman year is a 2-1. As Rebar rocks and fires, and Sue fouls it at the plate. He said, well, I could have stuck Brian at second base with a bat and a ball, and he couldn't hit it out of the ballpark his <laughs> freshman year. And I, Because I asked him, I said, where is Sue generating this power? And he said, well, he's been working hard. We're hard in the weight room, and he's got a couple of home runs this year. And I, I do remember he was a freshman and just, uh, you know, really not having a whole lot of bat speed. But, boy, he's transformed his body and has really become one of the top guys for the Cougars. It definitely shows. Two balls, two strikes. Brian Rockets one. Right fielder going back, way back. That ball is going to be caught by Miguelas, who got a good jump on that ball and ran it down just in front of the warning track for out number one, or out number two. Sue just missed that. I mean, that ball's just piped down to the right field. He thought he maybe had an extra base hit over that, but... Right fielder right on that. Miguel has got a good jump. Saw that ball off the bat well, able to run it down as Schneeman steps in. Cougar shortstop. 
Third baseman in on the, the grass here, expecting possibly a bunt by Steeman, and he showed bunt, took it over for a strike. The rebar's done a good job. First pitch strikes, another one right there to Steeman. It's been around the plate for the most part in his first inning, and walks have really plagued rebar so far this year in his 12 innings. He's got 11 walks, way high for what you'd like to see any of your pitchers in terms of uh, walk-to-strikeout ratio. Here's the 0-1. That's a curveball. It's up high. One ball and one strike. The Utes uh, played USC last weekend down in Los Angeles. They won one of those three games down there. Rebar pitch to scoreless. Inning in a third, I think, down there. Did a good job getting tuned up for this game against the Cougs. Here's the 1-1 outside. Utes, uh, as we've mentioned, uh, lost 13 straight. Bill Kennerberg, their head coach, was suspended for some recruiting violations uh, for the first 15 games this year. So he's only been with this team about three games, four games. And rebar, 2-1. and one. Here's the pitch by the big lefty. That's way outside for ball three. Hey, you mentioned that, and probably... Basketball and baseball in particular are two sports where, you know, not having the head coach right there, it really is a major factor on the performance of the guys and the team and overall success. Three balls and a strike. Here's Rebar's pitch. That's way outside ball four. So Sneeman with a two-out walk will bring Brock Hale to the plate. Uh, Brock, right fielder for the Cougars, leads... BYU with uh, six home runs, 16 RBIs, hitting 338. Brock last year hit 395 as a junior. Scott, one of the great mysteries. I don't know how this kid didn't get drafted. I'm telling you, he can run. He's a he's a five-tool type of kid, and uh, somebody missed out. But he's uh, fortunate for the Cougars back uh, as his senior year, and he's kind of taken as a challenge to – to uh, even put up better numbers this year. First pitch, Hale hits it hard, but right at the shortstop, who throws the second for the out. And that will do it for the Cougars in the inning. No runs, hits, no errors, one man left. We're through one complete. No score, Utes and Cougars on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Baseball is brought to you by Lube Duck. Quick oil change, emissions, and inspections. Now let's take you out to the ballpark with Brent Norton. Chandler Anderson will lead it off for the Utes. Bo Burrup got a couple of strikeouts in the first. He was kind of his own worst enemy, committed a couple errors in that inning, but worked his way out of it. Yeah, fortunately, that was with two outs. Got out of the jam. The 0-1 is outside. One ball and one strike to Anderson. He'll be followed by Davis Dolorifus and then Eric McGillis. Here's the 1-1 pitch from Bo. That is just... Off the inside corner for ball two. Pretty good job working inside out. Yeah. That one came back inside. Just missed the inside corner on that call. Here's the 2-1. That ball grounded down to uh, Cougar third baseman who throws him out. Good easy play by Favero on a big high hop. One man out, and uh, Dolorifus will step in. He is a freshman of Fairfield, California, hitting 250 on the year. He's DHing. Tonight for the Utes. Game just started here. If you're listening in, come on down to the ballpark. Uh, still plenty of seats, although it is filling up. Good crowd here in Provo tonight. 
First pitch outside for ball one. And Delorif is uh, one of four freshmen in the lineup for the Utes tonight. BYU doesn't, and they only have two sophomores. Yeah. The rest are upperclassmen for BYU. So that's a big difference, especially in baseball, where a lot of these players are developing year to year. No pitches fouled up and out of play. You've watched, you look at some of the statistics of some of these guys, like Brendan Anderson, you know, his freshman year, he hit 279. By his junior year, he's hitting 346. I mean, so, I mean, it's a development process. That's why junior college players can come in and have an impact because they can grow and develop in their first couple of years. 1 1 pitch again. Ball hit down to Favero. This one on two hops. Quick throw to first in time for the out. Good play again by the Cougar third baseman. You know, I know Coach Littlewood thinks you've got to build from, from a freshman class. I mean, the JC thing, if you feel like you have a need and, and somebody meets that need in the JC class and go get him. But I know he'd much rather have a kid here, for, especially with the mission thing, sure. for you know four straight years or two years and, and then back for two. Well, it's a, it's a key aspect, and that's where Kinneberg's trying to build this program for the Utes. So many young players. First pitch outside, ball one. Burrup looks in, kind of smiles. At, for whatever reason in this inning, it uh, seems like the uh, uh, strike zone is shrinking a little bit. Another pitch. I'm not sure if that pitch is down, but it's going over the plate. Yeah, he's definitely got a tight zone. <laughs> he's staying with that zone. Burp's going to have to adjust. I mean, he's just missing those. 2-0 pitch. That one is down. 3-0 and all the count. There's no reason in this situation. As a pitcher early in the game, you'd rather get a little bit more of the plate, let these guys put some swings on it. You've got a great defense behind you. That pitch is over for a strike. Miguelas is a J.C. transfer out of Pima Community College down in the Tucson area. He's only hitting 135 on the year with a home run. That pitch is outside for ball four. So Miguelas with a base on balls. And that will bring Shea Kramer, the catcher, up. He is a true freshman out of Vacaville, California. Two out walks is something that will drive a head coach and a pitching coach absolutely crazy. And the tendency as a pitcher is after you get that second out, you relax. And so in this situation, all of a sudden you relax, and then you walk a guy, and then a base hit or a stolen base, he's in scoring position, and then you tense up. So you really have to get your guys to increase their focus after that second out. First pitch to Kramer. That's outside. Quick throw down to first base, and Miguel is back in safely. Kramer hitting 188 as a freshman, a home run, five RBIs, 6'2", 185-pounder. Score Nevada leading San Francisco 5-3. Game in the bottom of the sixth inning on Cal State Fullerton later this evening. Long Beach State at Loyola Marymount later. Fresno State and uh, Pepperdine were postponed, and Sac State and St. Mary's also postponed. Yeah, Burrup is definitely trying to get back on track, throwing more strikes. That's been his kind of Achilles heel so far this year is just too many balls in situations. He had that last walk, and now he's here, the 1-1 count. There's the next pitch, and that's over for a strike. Alex Perron beginning to throw. Perron will get the start Saturday, so here's Tuesday, a good day to get some pitches in. So the right-hander, the, kind of the surprise of the staff, uh, was 91-92 and has, uh, out of uh, College of Southern Idaho, an original commit to San Diego, then committed to 
to uh, Pepperdine and then called Coach Littlewood and said, hey, I, I want to come there, and he's, he's here. Well, that's a, that's a break for the Cougars. That pitch is down low, 2-2. Two and two. Well, and that's a great opportunity. I mean, if you can get a guy who can come in and immediately contribute, somebody obviously who has talent, CSI's just been a perennial you know, powerhouse in terms of cranking out quality players who are able to jump to the D1 level. And obviously Pepperdine saw something in him as well. So he's been a great addition to the bullpen. Two balls, two strikes. Popped up. Should be playable. Schneeman at shortstop calling everybody off. He is there, and he will make the play for the out, and that will do it for the Utes here in the second. No runs, hits, or errors. One man left. We're through an inning and a half. No score. BYU and Utah on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. Right, back here, Larry Miller Field. Brent Norton joined tonight by Scott Haas, former Cougar great right-hander. Last year, 1996, it just seems like yesterday it to was, me. Wasn't it yesterday? It seems like it. That's a long time ago, <laughs> My man. My heavens. Well, and, you know, kind of the ironic thing again, Bill Kinneberg, was, that was his last year at Utah. So, and then he, you know, then he came like, back he in came 04. Back. So, so am I allowed to come back? Is that <laughs> you what you're bet? saying? Well, I don't know. You got any eligibility? You got any life left in that arm? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Keaton Kringlin will lead it off for the Cougars as we go to the second inning. Kringlin, the D.H., for the Cougars, been battling that hamstring problem, usually the, the left fielder for the Cougars, but uh, he wants to be in there swinging the bat even though he's, he's not running very well. Jacob Rebar, who went through the first inning, just walked one guy. Next pitch is over for a strike. 88 at the knees of uh, Kringlin. Kringlin, a Cedar City product. Hitting even 300 this year. The alarming thing, Kringlin only five RBIs. Last year he had I think 58, 55, 58. They've got to get him going. He is an RB, absolute machine. The pitch is down low for ball two. Now Rebar's got an interesting motion. He kind of slings it in there. He's got a nice little sinker on his fastball. That's what got Anderson at the top of the uh, lineup last inning. See if Kringlin can adjust here. Two balls and one strike to the Cougar DH. Here's Rebar's pitch and Kringlin rips one left center field that might get through to the wall Kringlin around first base he's actually running a little bit better tonight but then he kind of took the gas off when he could see all he was going to get is a a double out of it so Keaton with a leadoff double here in the second great swing on that pitch just stayed compact didn't really try to do too much with it and just drove that right there in the left center gap and of course, with an outfield like this now, with it being all turf, that thing gets through easily. Yeah. Your only concern on that one is Kringlin with the, with the injury in his hamstring. Right. You don't want him to turn the corner. S- slow down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he definitely pulled up a little bit there. And Nate Favero steps in. This is another guy the Cougars have got to get going. He's only hitting 230. He does have 12 RBI, so he's been pretty productive. But, but uh, Favero just lit it up last year for BYU, really especially in the year conference play, just absolutely took the Cougars right on his shoulders and carried him to the title. And that's one thing that, that Coach Littlewood, he understands that you can't just go off with the statistics early in the season, right? Guys' batting averages will be low. Guys will you know, have inflated ERAs because they've only had so many innings. It just takes the at-bats. It takes the games. And then things just tend to settle out And uh, as, as each one of these players you know, gets on track for the hardest season. 
Rebar, here's the 0-1 to Favero, and that's outside for a ball. Favero last year, 39 starts. He had 337, had seven home runs, 46 RBIs. Now, granted, he didn't he didn't start in about, uh, what, 17 of their games, and those are the kind of numbers that he put up. And a lot of that was the end of the year when uh, in some very crucial conference games when he just lit it up. Clutch. That's what you like to see. Not only a guy who can get hot but can come through in those clutch situations. 1-1 one, one pitch. That's off the outside corner, 2-1. and one. And he's one of those guys you talk about. I mean, in... 13 he's batting average you know he played in 18 games but he was had a 184 average and then in 2016 that average jumps to 317 and then last year to 337 even though he's only at 230 now that trend will continue that average is going to climb with the at-bats and he'll get back up to where he was last year if not even higher two balls and a strike to the cougar third baseman and the pitch to Favero's outside ball three. And Favero also a fine defensive third baseman who can also play first base and is also DH quite a bit in his Cougar career. Rebar got lucky on that one. He threw a pitch that just bounced, was way outside. And Kramer, the catcher for the Utes, just didn't even have time to get out there and block it. He just short hopped it like you'd see a first baseman yeah. do. Pretty good play. You can tell fine defensive catcher. Three and one. Here's Rebar's pitch, and Favero hits this one into center field. That's going to drop. Base hit by Favero. Kringland will move up to third base on the single by Nate Favero. Back-to-back hits to start the second inning for BYU, and Kyle Dean, left fielder, will step up. Dean, one of the highest recruited athletes ever for BYU baseball. He's struggled with with injuries, broke his back his freshman year, kind of a weird injury, and then last year battled. He's a redshirt sophomore. This kid has got all the potential in the world, 6'2", 205-pounder out of San Diego. An original commit to USD down there, and then uh, didn't uh, like what was going on, so uh, committed to BYU. Great kid. Love to see him have some success. Caldine hitting 250 with six RBIs on the year. And again, he this kid that got really hot last year at the end of the year. Well, great situation for BYU with nobody out, runners on the corners. First pitch to Dean, a swing and a miss for strike one. Utespain back in the infield looking for the potential double play ground ball. But even with the bag at the corners, with Kringlin at third base and uh, Favero at first base, Favero runs well. Kringlin with that hamstring... Uh, not so much. Rebar, a long look in at uh, Kramer. Now he's got the sign. And here is Rebar's 0-1 to Dean. That's down low. One ball, one strike. Well, and if they're patient, looking at the scouting report, that Rebar's had some problems with his control so far this year, as we talked about. You're coming into this game with just the 12 innings under his belt and 11 walks. He's already got one here today. If they can take this uh, opportunity, be patient here. Dean gets a, a good pitch swing, but if not, load the bases up, put the pressure on rebar. Here's the 1-1. Kyle is swinging a miss. Looked like he's right on that pitch, just missing it. One ball and two strikes to Kyle Dean. Took a little something off that rebar. It was an 80-mile-an-hour changeup on that one. Just out in front of it. It's the first time that rebar's thrown that pitch, so... Really haven't seen it. Nobody in the lineup yet tonight. 
now he's in the hole one and two. Dean, 28 at-bats uh, this year. has seven hits. That pitch is down low. Two balls and two strikes. Kyle, nine strikeouts in those 28 at-bats. So, you know, he's got to start making contact. And big, strong kid can drive the ball well to all fields. And Rebar throws hard enough. I mean, again, he's been right around 89 to 91. I mean, Dean just has to put a good swing on it, make contact, nobody out here. I mean, a ground ball is going to score most likely here or get something in the outfield for a sacrifice fly or even a base hit better. To, to pitch Dean, hammers one foul down the uh, left field line, gets through the fence, out onto the road. Lady walking down the street, picks it up, and just keeps walking. <laughs> <laughs> little souvenir right there. Yeah, just, that was great. Didn't even have to pay for it. That's great. She's, she's walking down the sidewalk, <laughs> tossing it up in the air, playing catch. That's, that's, that's what it's all that about. It was her lucky day. <laughs> about 10 feet in front of her, didn't even come close to hitting yeah. her, just ended up right at her feet. That's great. Two balls, two strikes to Dean. Kyle getting the start in left field. This is another kid that Coach Littlewood would love to see start swinging it and be a permanent fixture out there in the outfield somewhere. Throw to first base, and uh, Favero back in standing up. Golden out there kind of had to cross Favero behind the back to make the catch, or that could have been disastrous for the Utes. Yeah, Rebar threw that one uh, a little bit farther outside than he had hoped on that. Really was a show-me pickoff move to first just to kind of check and see what Favero was doing and See if he could get him to tip his hat as to what the play might be on for the Cougs. Threw it about 85 miles an hour, too. I think that's what kind of threw Golden off. Didn't expect to see that kind of velocity. Two and two. Here's the pitch to Kyle Dean. That's outside for ball three. The Utes have a right-hander up, Justin Kelly. He is a freshman out of uh, Copper Hills High School up in Salt Lake Valley. So Kelly in the uh, pen ready. Dean should get a good pitch to hit right here. See if they start Favero here. 3-2. Dean, a little propensity to strike out. I don't know. Coach Littlewood likes to start guys with uh, full counts. And here's Reber's pitch. And Dean hits the ball pretty well. Deep center field. Center fielder going back on the track. Makes the catch. Run will score. Favero back to first base. And the Cougars up 1-0. Dean just got a little bit under that pitch where he could have hit a three-run shot right there. That was a great at-bat. He got a good pitch to hit right there. Rebar threw that right there. Belt high, fastball. Just got under it. I mean, that was right on the warning track, about 10 feet away from from the wall. But that's what you want in that situation. Nobody out. Just put a good swing on it. Get it out of the infield. You score a run. Give up the out. And that's a confidence builder for Dean next time he comes to the plate, knowing he had a good at-bat. And a good swing. And you know the new configuration here, 347 down the line, but you got a 14-foot wall out there and then 12-foot all the way from left center to right center. So, I mean, this is a legitimate ballpark. I where don't care this, about elevation or anything else. Where was this 20 years ago that's when right. I <laughs> That's right. You needed, <laughs> you needed to get rid of that chain-link fence. Oh, you? man. About what a 360 in the power alleys. Now many, it's 380 with a 14-foot wall. How many uh, balls would have stayed your, in the park back then? Your, e, your ERA would have been minuscule oh, if you'd man. thrown in this ballpark. One man out. And David Clausen steps in, and the first pitch is over for a strike. And again, I keep saying this, but this kid has got just a world of potential, but he's been struggling. I mean, they get this kid swinging it, 
I mean, from one to nine, you look at this lineup, and, and it's pretty formidable. Uh, they just got to kind of get on the same page, get the confidence going, and, and start swinging the bat a little better. Well, most of these guys, again, you know, these 50, 60 at-bats. I mean, think how many cuts they take every single day in the cage and in BP. That's not a lot of bats at-bats yet. Oh, one. Clausen fouls it straight back, 0-2. So it just takes a while for them to kind of get up to that game situation. No matter how many cuts you take in the cage, nothing can replace the in-game situation. You've got different guys coming from the left side, the right side. You know, so, so this is expected. I mean, they don't get a spring training like the big right. leaguers get where they can get in a, a 150 at-bats. No balls, two strikes to Clausen. Sophomore out of Dana Point, uh, California. Pitches up high. Clausen, a uh, draft pick coming out of high school of the Yankees and decided to come to play for the Cougars. He's actually draft eligible this year. He'll be he'll be uh, of, a, of age that he could be drafted after his sophomore year. Hitting 305 on the year, does have six RBIs. Again, he's got some real pop in that bat. Good hitter. Had uh, five home runs last year as a freshman. Quick throw to first base, Favero back in safely. Clausen, uh, 31 starts last year. Uh, five home runs, 25 RBIs. Well, he's one of those those kids you like to see as a, you know, not only a defensive specialist behind the plate, but that can add a lot to your lineup on the offensive side with the bat. Clausen takes a curveball up high. Again, two and two. Rebar now uh, up to 37 pitches in this outing, and as we are in the second inning, Cougars have scored a run on a couple of base hits, still only one man out. Number nine hitter Jarrett Perns is on deck. He's probably the hottest hitter in the lineup right now for BYU. Pitches down, low ball three. Yeah, Rebar definitely working, laboring out there, which is what BYU wants to do, get him to throw a lot of pitches early in the game, and you see the activity down in the Utah bullpen, just starting to warm up. Three and two the count. Favero at first base. And here's the pitch. Clausen fouls it at the plate. David Clausen, 59 at bats this year. Has struck out 10 times, has 18 hits, six doubles. Tied for the lead in doubles on the team and has six RBIs. He just missed that fastball right there. See if he gets another one to hit or if Rebar comes with the off-speed pitch. The full count. What a great day for baseball here in Provo. Sunny skies, uh, no wind blowing at all. And here's the 3-2 to Clausen. Ball hit into right field, base hit. Rivera will hold at second base on the single by Clausen. So the Cougars are three hits in the inning. And that will bring uh, Jarrett Perns. Boy, the... Forecast for this week and not good for the Gonzaga series. They say there's a 100% chance of rain all day Thursday and a lot of Friday and Saturday turns colder. So hopefully we're going to be playing some baseball this weekend. Well, we already had that game, you know, situation last week where, you know, the snow delayed the game. And that's just what you get, you know, in Utah in the months of March and April. And it could be 70 like it was against UVU a week ago. And then you could drop down and into the 50s and 40s and see some snow and some rain. So Well, that's why we got that new turf here. You know, it yep. will, it will it, they're telling me that it will drain nine inches of, of water an hour, which is amazing when you think about it. 
and then uh, you know it's got the heater on it, so if it tends, it has a tendency to snow, then it'll melt that off in a hurry too. So uh, it's a great thing for the Cougars, and boy, doesn't it look fantastic? I mean, looks, what a ballpark! It really is. And talking to the you know the pitching staff and some of the guys out there, they've made the transition pitching on a turf mound, which is something that you know some of the purists still can't quite. <laughs> grasp and how you're doing that or you know also in the hitter you don't go in and you can't just kind of erase the the batter's box (laughs) lines and and everything else and the chalk but you know so far the feedback's been phenomenal from the players and that's why a lot of the big programs around the country are going to an all-turf infield Jarrett Pern steps in with runners at first and second base and here is the first pitch to Pern Burns and that ball's fouled off. And, you know, the old AstroTurf days, back when you were at BYU, I mean, those things were hard as a rock. They've come so far now to replicate grass and dirt. There are different levels. The infield, gra- infield grass here is a little different level than the dirt. The outfield grass is even a little bit longer. I mean, they've done a fantastic job. In fact, I took, asked Coach Littlewood, do you play things differently? Do you play the infield back? For-? He goes, you know what? We've been practicing on it, so I'm just going to play it straight up, just like I would a regular grass dirt infield. You just you minimizes. You don't get those bad bounces anymore. Oh, you, infielders love it. You know, it is. It's it's definitely uh, an advantage from that standpoint. Pitchers like it because some of those so slow grounders, you know, uh, become more Outs. easily fielded. Right. Here's the 0-1 pitch to Perns. That's outside. One ball and one strike. Rebar not happy with that call. Outside pitch could have been called on the outside corner. But this umpire's been consistent so far in establishing his zone and hasn't really varied much. Well, the outfield wall is new also. The 14 foot down to 12, down to 10. The color, the you know, the dark blue cougar color. I mean, it uh, it really is a first-class looking ballpark. As Burns takes that pitch, ball got away from the catcher, but then he recovered i think he got crossed up on that yeah that hit the umpire in the upper just right there at the top of his shoulder pad <laughs> catcher was not expecting that they got crossed up on the signs and that's the one where the, <laughs> the kramer's gonna come back to the blue and say you know sorry about sorry that. <laughs> hopefully that won't happen again break for the utes as the, as the cougars would have had runners at second and third base that didn't even touch the, the catcher's, catcher's glove. glove. Right. I mean, that was a direct hit on the umpire. And as you mentioned, that's almost that moves up uh, the runners if, if he's not there. Umpire back there shaking his head. Two and one. Here's the pitch to Perns. Ball fouled off. Boy, as an umpire, you you know you 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 put so, you've got your armor on. You put so much trust in that catcher. You do. You take a shot to the chest, and, oh. and you got to be back there thinking, wait a minute. When's the last time that happened to me? Oh, yeah. I mean, and I remember there was, I think, in the World Series this past year, a couple situations where the umpire took one right in the chops and, I mean, just knocked him down, you know, and it's it's not an easy place to be. You do have to put a lot of trust in that catcher. Burns steps in. J.C. transfer out of uh, College of uh, Southern Nevada. He is out of uh, Henderson, Nevada, and played down there. Very good baseball school. Since Dixie went away as a JC, College of Southern Nevada, kind of a perennial in that College World Absolutely. Series. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great program, great breeding ground for players. You know, a lot of guys, again, trying to develop and get ready, you know, to, 
take that next step. 3-2 pitch, Perns fouls it off, and of course the most famous alum out of College of Southern Nevada, none other than Mr. Harper. And Mr. Bryce Harper, who I think he was maybe 15 when he played, maybe 16. Well, and, you know, and that bring, I mean, he is obviously a freak, right? Yeah. When he came out of, of, you know, he developed so early, at, you know, physically. But a lot of kids don't develop by the time they're graduated from high school, and they need a year or two to get the strength to be able to compete at this level. 3-2 pitch. To, that ball's hit pretty well. Left fielder going back. He's looking up. He's at the wall, and that is off the top of the wall. One run scores. Another run scores for the Cougars, and Perns with a triple. Cougars lead 3 to nothing, and Jared Perns is absolutely on fire since giving him the opportunity in center field. This kid has taken it, and he is running with it. Yeah, it was one of those... You know, he got a pitch right there, just down over the heart of the plate. Put a swing on it, and that was about five feet. And, in fact, you talked about the new wall. If you don't have the new wall, that may have gone out of here just above the 380 mark in left center, actually just dead left. Center, their left fielder had no chance at that one. Looks like rebar is done done for the night. Mike Crawford, the pitching coach out. We're going to take a break, take 90 seconds. Be back with more Cougar baseball action on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. Justin Kelly is the new pitcher, Copper Hills uh, High School graduate, now pitching for the Utes, and uh, he is thrust into this game here in the top of the second inning. Cougars have put three on the board. They got those three hit, uh, three runs on four base hits, highlighted by the J- Jared Perns triple to knock in a pair. And now Brennan Anderson steps in, runner at third base. One man out, and Anderson with a great opportunity for an RBI right here against Kelly in the first pitch curveball over for a call, strike one. Well, this is a tough situation for any pitcher to come into right here, not only just coming in with BYU having the momentum, just putting that big hit together with Perns going off the wall, but I mean, he's a freshman, right? First time in this rivalry. First time down here against BYU. Pitch to Anderson, a swing and a miss. 92 on the fastball there from Justin Kelly, so bringing it pretty good. Well, and his first pitch was a good curveball for a strike, and he's kind of got a slow, sleepy motion, and that one I think caught Anderson a little yeah. bit by surprise. He's got a live arm, 92 miles an hour on that fastball, and now he's going to have Anderson guessing whether he's coming back with the curveball or going to stick with the heat. Here's the 0-2, another fastball. This one outside. Kelly, 8.10 earned run average, uh, no record. He's This will be his seventh appearance of the year. Does have one save. He's thrown six and two-thirds, giving up ten hits. Eight runs. Opponents hitting 345 off their right-hander, Kelly. And right now... Brandon just trying to make contact. Hit it up the middle of the field. You're going to score a run. There's a one hopper out to the second baseman. He's got to go to first base. The Cougars score their fourth run. Good job right there by Anderson. Just putting the ball in play. And the Cougars lead 4 to nothing here in the bottom of the second. Well, that's a big overhand curveball right there by Kelly. And Anderson just went up, climbed the ladder to get on top of that. Otherwise, that's a pop-up in most situations. But he stayed on top of that and was able to drive it at least to second base to get in the run. Kind of a line drive. Perns had to uh, delay a minute to make sure that ball wasn't going to get caught. 
and he's got great speed, so he was able to score second baseman. Uh, Dunn didn't even think about coming home, and the first pitch to Brian Sue is over for a strike, so the Cougars four runs on four hits here in the second. Off to a good start here against uh, Utah. Sue flew out to deep right field his first time at the plate. As Justin Kelly, there's a bunt down the third baseline that's going to roll foul. Good idea by Sue as the third baseman, Riker, way back. If Sue gets that ball in fair territory, there's no chance they uh, throw him out. Sue's got good speed. Well, and that's another thing talking about this field. The dynamics do change when you talk about a bunt. I mean, that ball, you've got to actually kill that bunt a little bit more than you did before because the grass isn't going to slow it down. Natural grass or the dirt, you don't have that factor coming into play. No balls, two strikes to Sue. Kid that's only struck out twice this year. Brian Sue steps back in. Curveball just missed inside. Pitch had Brian fooled. And uh, unfortunately not to get rung up on that one. Yeah. The Utah dugout not not happy with that call. Watching it on the replay, we could see it was definitely inside. But uh, there's no doubt that he's got a big overhand curveball, and he's establishing that now. One-two pitch to Sue. That's outside. No one working in the pen, so I would think that that uh, Bo Burrup is going to return to the mound in the third inning. Coach Littlewood said poss- two, possibly three innings for Burrup, and Burrups look good. 93 on the fastball that time by Kelly. And Sue lines one, shortstop unable to get there into center field, so the fifth hit by the Cougars. And I just can't tell you how Sue has transformed himself as a hitter. I mean, he is, uh, he just, you can't get the ball past him. Putting the ball in play, he's got good speed. Just a perfect number two hole hitter. Yeah, fastball inside there on the hands. That's one of those that you hate as a pitcher. You make a good pitch, and because of the metal bats, that would be a broken bat in, uh, in pro ball with a wooden bat. But because of the metal bat, he gets it, fists it just over the shortstop's head. Picks up another base hit. Sneeman now steps in. Daniel fouls one down the first base side. Uh, Sneeman walked his first time up. Cougars five hits in the inning. Well, they're picking up where they left off against LMU. The other question mark has been what can the pitching staff do to keep the runs and minimize the hits there. And so far, Burrup's done a good job holding the Utes hitless. Really a transformation of this field from last year, all the way from the field to the outfield wall, new bullpen area, new bunning station, new bullpen area for the visiting team. Pitches off the plate for a ball, and I think they're going to do that, you know, as a progression. They need to do something with the scoreboard, get a nice video board up there, and looking for a big donor like Scott Haas to step up. Count me in. Count me in. I'll put my 100 did in you, right now. Did you play with uh, David? De- did you play with Decker? Decker was just after me. Okay. Yep. David, uh, really uh, the reason why this field's in, uh, former Cougar third baseman who's been very – there's a throw down to second base, and the runner is tagged out. Boy, tagging way down low. Looked like he had it beat. Ryan Sue. we got to watch that replay right now. He definitely had the throw beat. We'll watch and see where the tag is. Oh, oh he did. Yeah, he didn't get his hand on the bag. It was a good call by the umpire. Well, he reached in with his right hand, and then he came in with his left hand, and it hit the cleat. Right. 
the foot of, of the shortstop. Yeah, so it blocked, blocked the bag. him. So he didn't. He he had beaten the throw, but he just couldn't get a hand on the bag. So that was a good call. We're through two. Cougars lead four nothing over Utah on your new skin BYU Sports Network. Hey Cougar Nation, it's Daniel Schneeman, shortstop at BYU, and you're listening to the New Skin BYU Sports Network. The order for the Utes, Oliver Dunn lays one down, Burrow picks it up, kind of double clutched the throw, and by the time he threw the ball, Dunn across the bag at first base. Very close play at first, but uh, Burrow, after committing the errors in that first inning, two errors in that inning, you can see kind of double clutched a little bit and he did beat it out well and that's a situation where you try to get your pitchers on those slow ones you have to pick it up with your throwing hand you don't have time to glove it and then transfer the ball to your hand and throw it and he missed him by just a half a step matt richardson steps up first pitch down low ball one richardson grounded out to favero his first time up and also being the true freshman out of San Diego. Yeah, and also being a lefty, again, that's a tough play because he's got to pick that up and then spin around, pick up his target at first base and throw that. So the Utes definitely trying to make something happen here in the third inning. Perone, uh, the right-hander down in the pen for the Cougars, beginning to throw. Cougars up 4 to nothing. They scored all four of their runs in the second inning on five base hits. Cougars playing Richardson pretty much straight away in the outfield. Not very deep. And here's the 1-0. That's over for a strike. One ball and one strike. First time we've seen an outside corner be called so far in the game from the uh, from the blue. Burrup getting that call to even the count. And if he can exploit that corner again, just stay right there. One ball and one strike. Throw to first base and uh, back in safely is Dunn. Dunn uh, leads use with five stolen bases on the year. He's been thrown out once this year. Richardson, the only hitter right now in the lineup with a batting average over 300 for the Utes. And he's a freshman. You expect maybe your upperclassman, you know, like Golden or your junior and Anderson, to lead the way. Pitches well outside for ball two. So two balls and a strike to Richardson with uh, Dunn at first. Top of the third. Cougars leading four to nothing. And here is Burrup from the stretch at the belt. And the pitch, that ball's lined into right field. That's going to be in for extra bases. Now that will be a long single. Boy, Brock Hale got over there in a hurry and got the ball in. Runners at the corners for the Utes. Nobody out. And Dominic Fasolina will be the hitter. Well, and this is a this is a pitch right now. Richardson did a good job outside corner. Just kind of went with it. Didn't put too much on it. Just put a nice swing. Gets it down. Keeps it fair. And now you've got runners at the corner. And it's not like Burrups pitched poorly after the long wait in the dugout after you know BYU putting up the four runs. That can sometimes have an effect. And if he had walked the guy, you'd think, okay, maybe there's something going on here. But you know, he had the bunt. And then he's got this this little single right here. So he's got to work out of a jam right here in the top of the third. Fossilina steps in, and he swings and misses. Fossilina tried to bunt his first time up, bunted it out to Burrup, who misplayed the ball, then made a bad throw, got two errors on one play. Fossilina was uh, stranded at second base after Golden struck out to end the inning. 
So no balls and a strike. Cougars a double play depth, willing to give up the run for the potential double play ground ball. And there's a ground ball out to shortstop. Steeman's got it on to Anderson. Throw to first in time for two. Utes do score the run, but the Cougars turn two. Good play there by Sneeman and Anderson. Yeah, it was pretty well hit, and it was an in-between hop that Sneeman had to first just secure the ball and then be able to flip it over to Sneeman Anderson. kind of envelops those baseballs. I'm telling you, the kid's a great defensive shortstop, was the defensive player of the year last year in the conference, all-conference projection, and also preseason this year, picked on the all-conference team. First pitch to Tom Riker is a ball. Riker walked his first time up. That ball off of uh, Clausen's glove. I thought that might have hit Riker. Yeah, it looked like it. Sounded like it hit Riker and then the glove, but uh, he's still in there 2 0 the count. Well, in that last play, too, Anderson, uh, you know, had Richardson sliding in hard. That was a tough turn to make. Ball hit very well, deep left field. This ball is going to be out of here as Riker, his first home run. Of his collegiate career, 4-2 to two now the score. Ball really jumping out of here in the daylight. Well, you mentioned that's his first college home run. Yes. Based, based on that swing and the power we just saw, that's not going to be his last. That went over the scoreboard in left field. Cleared the entire scoreboard, which is another 40 feet above the top of the fence there. That brings up uh, Wade Golden. First pitch over for a strike. So Burrup has come up out here in the third, giving up uh, three hits and uh, two runs. Pitch to Golden is down low. One ball and one strike. The count to the senior out of Redding, California. Golden, as he steps in, uh, hitting uh, an even 200 on the year as he takes a strike. Well, Cougars with four in the bottom of the second. The Utes answer with two here in the third. Curveball inside. Burrup now with uh, 49 pitches in this outing. And here is Bose 2-2. Ball hit right at Anderson. Brennan's got it. He'll throw to first for the out, and the Utes are retired here in the third. Two runs, two hits, no errors, nobody left. We are through two and a half. 4-2 Cougars over the Utes on your new skin BYU Sports Network. Steam and Hale Kringland do up for the Cougars as we go to the bottom of the third inning. 4-2 Cougars leading the Utes. First pitch from uh, Justin Kelly is up high, ball one. Steeman walked his first time up there. As Daniel, the left-handed hitting shortstop, fouls one off. And the count, a ball and a strike. Cougars uh, got the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Of course, uh, Gonzaga tied them for the regular season crown last year. And the Cougars, uh, after losing the first one in that conference tournament, just uh, started mowing people down. That was quite a run for BYU to get into the NCAAs. That ball's hit pretty well. Center fielder going back a few steps. Fossilini is there and makes the catch for out number one. Well, and you're, you're BYU. You like the fact that that series is here. 
uh, in Provo because you know after last weekend you're in the hole, right? I mean you're second to last in the uh, conference standings right now after dropping those three to LMU. So you've got to get back on track, and this is the place to do it at home against Gonzaga this weekend. And this game's really important to get the momentum going. Brock Hale steps in. Hale 0 for 1 on the day. And the first pitch is a ball. You know, when you look at the, when when I looked at the schedule, I mean, you see LMU Gonzaga coming right out of the chute into Provo. I'm thinking, hey, here's a chance to really jump up on top of it. And then, and then uh, you go to uh, Pepperdine. Uh, you know, always Pepperdine always got a great baseball program. So, you know, first three weeks, I mean, you're right into the fire of the of the West Coast Conference. And unlike when you played in the Mountain West days, I mean, West Coast Conference top to bottom. Pretty good baseball Solid. programs. Solid. Um, besides being better places to visit than Albuquerque and some of those places we used to go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nothing against Albuquerque, but, you know, Malibu, you know, San Francisco. Portland. Pretty good duty. Some of those areas, yeah. yeah you're definitely – you don't miss going up to San, Wyoming? San Diego. Back well, you in the know, day? Air Force? You know, I'll have to admit, one of the better <laughs> days of my life was when Wyoming dropped baseball. <laughs> Air Force – kind of cool but you know i can't tell you how many weekends i sat in my hotel room watching it snow at air force and never got on the field oh yeah and that was one of those fields back in the day when it was turf right that, that it did was have a, yes have a the turf uh, that's a fair ball down the third baseline brock hale around first base and hale with a one-out double yeah they had uh, it was just the turf infield but a grass, grass outfield. outfield and then of course 7,500 feet i mean a pitcher's nightmare we saw games there that were just incredible. Snow, hail. I saw lightning strike once, hit the bag at second base. I mean, w- when you get that high, you just, yeah. I mean, the weather conditions, you just never know. Well, and that that's always been, you know, the difficulty playing those ballparks where everybody's at least a mile altitude and higher is, you know, a normal routine fly ball that would normally, if you're at Pepperdine or at sea level, that's a routine out. Were, were they're, you they're playing, playing when out. we went to Wyoming? Oh, yeah. Wow, you are old. I forgot how long ago that was. <laughs> Man, that seems like 50 years ago to me. Not quite that Kringland steps in, no. It just seems that way. <laughs> it does. Kringland steps in with a runner at second base. Keaton doubled his first time up. First pitch to Kringland. Pretty good curveball drops in for a strike. I'll tell you what. Kelly's a good-looking uh, pitcher. You know, Utah's got something with this kid. He's got a fastball again around 93. And then he's got a really good hammer with an overhand curveball drops in there at about 74 75 miles an hour and he's just a freshman 6'1 165 and this guy can develop physically he's already got the live arm picks to kringlin up a little bit high one ball and one strike keaton doubled and scored the cougars first run on the sacrifice fly by kyle dean back in the uh, second inning Cougars threatening again here as Brock Hale hit one over the bag at third base. And he is standing at second. As Justin Kelly, the reliever for the Utes, steps back in and the pitch is over for strike. Another breaking pitch. Another big curveball right there. Umpire's starting to expand, get a little bit more relaxed with his strike zone that one a little bit more on the outside corner and he gave him the benefit of the doubt with the called strike Keaton Kringlin the junior out of Cedar City steps back in and here is Kelly's pitch fastball Kringlin pops it up 
playable first baseman coming in a few steps. He's there and will make the catch. So two men out and Favero, who singled and scored back in the second, will come to the plate. Favero singled into right field. Good job by Kelly on that last pitch. Didn't try to do too much. 88-mile-an-hour fastball, just kind of a BP fastball for him. Got in just enough to pop up Kringlin. So Favero steps to the plate. RBI chance for the senior. Nate out of Vienna, Virginia. Has a brother who's in the program. Also a a cousin, Nielsen, who is... uh, as Favero fouls this one off. Might take just a moment to talk about some of the pros uh, from the Cougars who are working their way up. Uh, of course, uh, right now, uh, kids uh, in them. spring training. You know, yeah. I think there's 9, 10, 11 kids. Taylor Cole right now was in the uh, Blue Jays organization last year, picked up by the Angels. So good luck to Taylor. Uh, Jacob Hanneman, of course, uh, in the Cubs organization was traded uh, late in the year, and then the Cubs uh, retraded for him to get him back. That shows you what they think of him. Pitch a wild one all the way back to the screen, and the Cougar runner up to third base, Brock Hale. Jacob Brugman now in the Orioles organization after playing a good portion of the year last year with the Oakland A's. Right. Uh, he was traded to the Oregon, Orioles organization. Adam Law, Seattle Mariners, uh, Colt Mahoney, Miami Marlins. Uh, I'll go through these. Uh, Maverick Buffo uh, played last year for the Cougars in the uh, in the uh, Toronto Blue Jays organization. Colton Shaver, who played here last year mm-hmm. with the Astros. Uh, Brennan Lund uh, in the Angels organization. Mike Rucker in the Cubs. There's a check swing, went around, a ball and a strike. Seth Corey, a lone peak out of the San Francisco uh, Giants organization. He signed with BYU, but then decided to go play. Decided to go play. And then uh, you got uh, Littlewood playing. Yeah, Peyton Henry, again, signed with the Cougars, decided to sign with the Brewers instead of come to BYU. And uh, and then Marcus Littlewood yeah. in the Brewers organization. Rivero swings and misses at a pitch. Looked like it was out of the zone. He goes down on strikes with a runner at third base. And so the Cougars are retired. No runs. One hit. No errors. One man left. We are through three complete now. 4-2. Cougars over the Utes on your new skin BYU Sports Network. BYU Baseball is brought to you by Lube Duck. Quick oil change, emissions, and inspections. Now let's take you out to the ballpark with Brent Norton. New pitcher for the Cougars, Alex Perrone on the hill for BYU. He'll start Saturday's game against Gonzaga, so you might see him out there for one, possibly two innings. Prone's been dynamite this year for the Cougars. Bull Burrup went three innings, gave up uh, two runs on three base hits. He did commit a couple of errors that didn't end up hurting him back in the first inning as uh, Chandler Anderson steps in, right-handed hitter. He is a junior out of Park City, popped up. Over goes uh, Brian Sue, and he will... That ball came back, and Sue made the catch. I think... Sue was ready to give up on that one. That ball kind of spun back with that little spin. He was able to make the catch. Sue over there with a big smile on his face. <laughs> well, yeah, he was jogging as if that was going to be out of play, and then it just came, kept coming back in, coming back in. And Actually, the gate was open right there, right around the end of the dugout, so he didn't have to 
jump up against that and worry about colliding with the uh, the gate. So it looked like he was in slow motion until he re- realized that ball was in play and he could go get it. And then he he sped up a little bit, and made the play. First pitch is over for a call strike to Davis Delorifus. Delorifus uh, grounded out to Favero his first time up. Fly ball again. Sue at first base, foul territory. And Brian's going to get there and make the catch. So two pop-ups to Sue here to start the fourth inning, and that will bring up uh, Miguelas, the right fielder. He walked his first time at the plate. The Perone just coming out right now, throwing nothing but strikes, getting those two pop-ups in foul territory. So a great start, really picking up where he left off. I mean, I first saw him pitch when he started against Omaha a week and a half ago. Looks really good. Well, Perone, how good he's been. There's a line drive base hit into center field. Perns up with it, and he will hold... uh, Gillis to a long single. I mean, when you look at uh, the ERA of Alex Perone, this is his sixth appearance. He's thrown 13 innings, given up seven hits, five runs, eight eight, uh, eight walks, six strikeouts. Opponents hitting only 163 against the right-hander. ERA 1.38. No record yet. No uh, zero and zero. He started a couple of games for the Cougars, but. Uh, well, he's been in those situations where it's kind of the pitch by committee, but he's definitely showing and giving Coach Littlewood and Coach Thomas a little bit more to think about in terms of you know earning a spot on the rotation. Yep, no doubt. And this is where BYU has struggled so far this year is definitely in the pitching category, and so far Perone showing he's up to the up to the task. One ball, no strikes. Shea Kramer, the catcher. The hitter for the Utes, and that pitch is a little bit low for a ball. And, you know, you look at that number two starter. Actually, Hayden Rogers has always been a kind of a fixture as that number three. This year, this week they're moving him up to Friday, I think, just to give him a little change of scenery as he struggled. And so they move Perone back to the uh, number three. You know, uh, Jordan Wood's been solid, but uh, the other two starters have, have struggled here, especially lately. And here is the 2-0 pitch. Popped up. Foul out of play. Red Parkinson, the lefty for the Cougars, uh, beginning to throw. Yeah, That's, this only, that's the- only the uh, seventh pitch by, by uh, Perone. So I would think if he can get out of this inning to under 10 pitches, they yeah. might run him out there for a second one. Yeah, he's getting his work, as you mentioned, for this weekend start. And this is the best way to do it. If you can work him into a game, come in here throw a couple of innings, keep the pitch count There goes down. the runner. Swung and missed, and uh, the ball just popped right out of Tlaassen's hand as he went to throw it. So that'll be a stolen base for Gillez, the uh, right fielder. He's in scoring position now, and the count two and two, kind of interesting. Looked like Tlaassen had a pretty good handle on it, and then he just popped out of his glove just before he went to make the throw. Gillez got a great jump on that one. I'm not sure he would have had a chance to throw him out anyway. Now runner in scoring position. Perone's got to make sure he doesn't relax right here. Two balls, two strikes. Here's the pitch. Curveball up a little bit high, three and two. Which is the first curveball we've seen so far this inning from Perone. You like that call in that situation. You want to challenge him and show him something that he hasn't seen yet in this at bat, but he left that one well upstairs. And now he's got a full count with an open base. 
to work with. Here's a 3-2. That ball is outside ball four, so Kramer, the number nine hitter, walks. And that will bring the top of the order, Oliver Dunn. He has struck out, and he has singled. I'll tell you what, Clausen flashing the leather on that one. That pitch was down and out, and he had to backhand, short hop that, and he picked it clean just like he was out playing shortstop. Maybe Schneeman's got some competition if, if Clausen can do that. That was impressive. Otherwise, you got runners at the corner. Dunn steps in. First pitch from Perona's way outside for a ball. And, you know, the way that ball pops, you know, bounces off that turf's got to be a little bit of an issue also. It's got to be a little bit quicker. It's quicker. More, a little more of a true hop. Maybe it's, doesn't bounce yeah, as high. Definitely more predictable. And, uh, and you can take advantage of that. Now, I wasn't here last week, but Perone, didn't he have a cut or something on his finger? Yeah, after about three pitches, they came out and put a band-aid on the top of his throat. Thumb of his throwing hand. Yeah, I don't know whether they're looking at that right or they're, you know, Coach Littlewood just making a quick chip to the mound because his, his curveballs haven't even been close. He's thrown a couple of them. And again, this is normally stuff you would work out in the bullpen. He's working it out in the middle of a game here, which is what you'd like to see. But just a quick visit to remind him hey, look, we got a lead here, two outs. Just throw something, let these guys put a swing on it, get out of the inning. Dunn steps back in. One ball, no strikes. The count Dunn's hit was a, uh, a bunt single his last time up. And there's a fastball over for a strike. A lot of kids come into the you know college level, and it takes them a while to kind of change their mentality from being thinking you need to strike out every guy and realizing that I can get out of an inning with just one pitch, the right pitch in the right place at the right time. 1-1 pitch, strike two call. Kendall Motes, the right-hander, has joined Parkinson down in the pen. 93 on that fastball from Perone. I don't think I've seen him hit that yet. I've seen him 91, maybe 92 this year, but never 93. Ball and two strikes. Here's Perone's pitch. Ball hit hard right at Anderson. He gobbles it up, throws the first for the out, and the Utes are retired here in the fourth. No runs, one hit, no errors. Two runners left. We are through three and a half, four two Cougars over the Utes on your new skin BYU Sports Network. Seven, eight, nine, do up for the Cougars as we go to the bottom of the fourth. Kyle Dean, David Lawson, Jarrett Burns. Dean, uh, sacrifice fly RBI, his first time up there. He now has seven RBIs on the year. Kyle will bat from the right side against uh, Justin Kelly, the right-handed throwing freshman, and uh, Dean swings and misses for strike one. Kelly again showing him. He's just a freshman, but he's been heating it up pretty good, 93 miles an hour on a lot of his fastballs, and he's got a great curveball. Watching him warm up, he's got a a changeup that he hasn't really shown yet, so he's got a lot in his arsenal. See what he throws right here, 0-1. Here's the 0-1 pitch to Kyle Dean. That's over for a strike. Kyle hit the ball to the wall in left center field. The score of that run just came a few feet away from a a three-run home run. Dean down 0-2 as Kelly will from the windup. Rock and fire, and Dean swings and misses at the curveball. Goes down on strikes, one man out. 
Good pitch right there by Justin Kelly. Outside curveball. I'll tell you what, that's that's a big league curveball that they're facing right here. That's one of the better curveballs they've likely seen this year. You know, they face some good pitching. You were talking about out at Auburn. You've got some guys who could be, you know, overall number one prospects at the next level. But this Kelly kid for the Utes, they definitely picked up a gem. And this kid, a local kid, graduated from Copper Hills. He's got a good fastball and a good curveball. And so far, he's keeping the Cougars at bay. Kelly, or Clawson uh, steps in. He singled his first time up there. And the first pitch to David, high and tight for ball one. Now you realize where he wears that uh, elbow pad right there. Just about caught him flush in the elbow. Barely got out of the way. There aren't too many that don't wear those anymore. One ball, no strikes, a count. In fact, you look at some of the pro players, man, they got armor all the way up (laughs) and down their arm. Pitch to Clausen's high and outside. Well, used to take Barry Bonds 15 seconds <laughs> to right. just, you know, disrobe, but disrobe on his way down after, <laughs> after a walk. That's right. <laughs> and, of course, he, you know, he'd lean into every pitch and take it take it off the armor. Two balls and no strikes. Both pole pins totally quiet now. That pitch is over for a strike, two and one to Clawson. Kelly's... Got a really nice compact motion. Kind of just lulls you into thinking that that pitch is still on its way. And the next thing you know. 2-1 pitch. up ball, a little squibber up the middle. Shortstop's got it. Throw to first. Not in time. Well, off the end of the bat. And uh, Clausen will take it. A one-out single. Had a lot of spin on it. I'm amazed the shortstop was able to run that down. Richardson, pretty good play. Got that on the inside of the of the bat, but just enough. Shortstop tried to make a good throw, but not even close. So two hits on the night for Clawson. Burns steps in, had a triple and knocked in two his first time up. Just came a couple of feet away from a home run. Uh, Jarrett had a home run against LMU over the weekend. He now has uh, nine RBIs on the year. And the first pitch on the outside corner for a strike. And Jarrett's one of these kids that, you know, a, a week and a half, two weeks ago when you talked to Mike Littlewood, who's our, who's our center fielder? Right? McIntyre, right. Right, I mean, you're, you right. know, you're kind of trying to find out who your guys are, and Perns is taking advantage of every at-bat to solidify his spot in the lineup. No doubt about that. Here's the 1-0 pitch. That's over for a strike. Perns... Uh, 36 at-bats, has 15 hits, four doubles, two triples now, a home run, eight RBIs. That's from the nine spot. Slugging percentage right? is 657 to lead the team. As he's been so productive, especially out of that uh, nine hole. Here's the 0-2, and Perns fouls it off, another fastball. If you can get Brennan Anderson in the leadoff spot and Perns back-to-back, really it just gives you that advantage. Two guys on base with speed that can do some damage with the bat. So Anderson so far hitless today, and Perns is kind of making up for that. But if you can get some of these guys, you know, where they're you know, similar to what we see the bottom half of the lineup in the earlier inning when the Cougs scored four runs, getting hit after hit, stringing them together. 
There's the 0-2. Perns grounds the ball foul down the first base side. Jarrett uh, in those uh, 35 at-bats, three strikeouts. He's only walked once this year. Kind of a free swinger, but I love when he gets two strikes. He becomes, you know, put-the-ball-in-play type kid with the kind of speed that he has. Count still 0-2 to Burns. Kelly's pitch, ball bounces up there for ball one. Typically your number nine hitter, you'd expect him to see a lot more pitches and not, you know, have a pitcher who's trying to be so fine thinking with their seven, eight, nine hitters, he can just put it over the plate, hopefully get get an out. But Perns is proving to be a difficult out, and that's a huge asset for Coach Littlewood to have somebody like that who can hit in the bottom of the lineup. Ball on two strikes, quick throw to first base. Uh, the Utes have not had a home game yet. They play Sac State at home this weekend, and wouldn't you know it, the forecast is, oh. is terrible for them. Yeah, it's and then they, they'll no host fun. Oregon State, who's right now ranked number one in the nation. They'll host them the next weekend. So a ball and two strikes to Perns. Foul tipped it back into the catcher's glove for out number two. Two strikeouts in the inning by Kelly. Good. Brennan Anderson will come up. Good fastball by Kelly again in that situation. Just saying, hey, Jared, if you can hit this, that's what you want to see out of your pitcher is someone who's going to go in there and compete. Somebody's got a good fastball like that. Perns just just missing, just missing that one for another strikeout for Kelly. Brennan Anderson now steps in with a runner at uh, first base. Brennan has struck out and grounded out. Does have an RBI on the night. And Anderson hits this one up the middle. Shortstop over. Throws to second in time for the out. And the Cougars are retired here in the inning. No runs. One hit. No errors. One man left. We are through four complete now. 4-2 Cougars over the Utes on your new skin BYU Sports Network. What's up, BYU fans? This is second baseman Brennan Anderson, and you're here listening on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Matt Richardson will step in for the Utes. Uh, Richardson is grounded out and singled. As we go to the fifth inning, Cougars up 4-2. Cougars have out-hit the Utes by 7-4. They scored all four of their runs in the second, and Utes got their two runs in the third. And uh, Alex Peron on for a second inning of work. First pitch is over for a call strike. Perone had a good inning last time, got those first two outs and three pitches, and then kind of just let off the gas a little bit, but got out of the inning. Still trying to throw that curveball for a strike. So far, wanted a call check swing possibly on that one, but just not finding it. And this is what you want to do. You want to go out and fine-tune that and get ready for your start and fix that pitch. 1-1 pitch, fly ball. Burns in center, went back a couple of steps. Now he's got to come over and in, and he makes the catch for the out. That's the one thing about that center field position. McIntyre, Perns, Dean, you got excellent outfielders, guys that can really run and uh, track balls down so you're not losing. In fact, he thinks, Coach Luba thinks Perns is probably the best outfielder on the squad. And, and uh, the way he's swinging the bat is going to be tough to keep him on the bench. Tell you what, and that gives you so much confidence on the mound to go out there knowing that you can just – Depend on your defense and let these guys, you know, take some swings at it, and your guys are going to track it down. I mean, that's that's a tremendous amount of pressure off your shoulders. 
Fasolina 0 for 2 today steps in. First pitch is up high, ball one. Now another pitch, and that's up high, curveball, 2-0. Curveball is one of those field pitches, and he's still trying to find the groove with that tonight. Let's see if he can call another one here. He's going to go back to the fastball. Pitch is over, 2-1. Fasolina was on by way of an error in the first. Grounded into a double play in the third, 6-4-3. And here's the 2-1 pitch. Ball fouled out of play down the right field line. Cougars and Bulldogs scheduled Thursday night, 6 o'clock here in Provo. Friday night at 6, Saturday at 1. Big three-game West Coast Conference uh, series. And hopefully the weather cooperates and uh, we can get a little baseball in this weekend before the Cougars head on the road next week. They'll play Utah and Salt Lake City next Tuesday night. And then uh, we'll head down to Pepperdine to play a three-game series. That ball is... Down low for ball four. Yeah, missing with a few of his off-speed pitches right there. Tried to come back with the fastball, just not able to get it. So now he's got a situation where he's dealing with someone who last time up. Hit one a long ways. Hit one that (laughs) uh, almost landed on the road up there over the scoreboard. Nevada's beat uh, San Francisco tonight by a score of 6-3. That's a final now. As Tom Riker, who is uh, one for one, that was a solo home run his last time, steps in. Throw to first base is uh, not in time. Pasolina with uh, one stolen ba- or two stolen bases this year in four attempts. Tom Riker, the redshirt freshman, originally signed at University of San Diego before transferring up to, to Utah last year, had to redshirt. Tom Riker? Oh. Oh, yeah, it is Riker Tom. Riker Tom. Yeah, I apologize to Mr. Tom. Riker Tom. Pitch is, uh, boy, just a little bit low for ball one. Not a bad pitch. Now, Perdone kept that one down, which is he's trying to get a double play ball right here. If he could throw that off-speed pitch right here, perhaps he gets Tom to ground into that double play. Just missed on that one. One and all the count. Pitch is on the outside corner for a strike. 89 on the fastball there by uh, Alex Perone. And you mentioned Perone will be starting on Saturday. Is that correct? Correct. We're moving Hayden Rogers up to uh, to a Friday start. Just trying to you know move things around a little bit to try to get some people in a, a little bit more of a comfort zone, I guess. Well, you, what, we're 18 games into the season, and this is an opportunity for Coach Littlewood to see who performs in what situations. And, you know, the order for starts for pitchers, that's a big deal. You know, who's your who's your number one, who's your two, who's your three? Who can kind of stop, you know, a, a sweep? I mean, that was a situation that's that at every level. That's what you're always looking for is who's your go-to guy and uh, what are guys going to do in situations both offensively and defensively. One ball, one strike, one out, one man on first base. 
And the pitch is a curveball. You can see Perone just, I don't know if he's thrown that curveball for a strike yet. So Riker Tom, 261 hitter, hit his first home run earlier tonight. Now has three RBIs. And here's the 2 1. That pitch is outside. Runner going, and they are going to get him. Great throw there by Clausen. And I think Clausen had to short hop that ball on top of that. Great play by David. Well, we talked about that earlier. You know, with this turf, you can actually predict a little bit better that bounce. And he has to backhand that, but it also gets him in the throwing motion. So because of the backhand, he was already turned and ready to fire it. And then that wasn't even close. Puts the tag on him. 3 1 pitch, fly ball. Shallow right, out goes Sue. He's there, makes the catch, and the Utes are retired in the inning. No runs, one hit, no errors, nobody left. We're through four and a half. 4 2 Cougars over the Utes on your new skin BYU Sports Network. Bottom of the fifth we go. Brian Sue will lead it off 2 3 and 4 in the lineup for BYU. Cougars leading this one by a score of 4-2. As Sue steps in against uh, Justin Kelly. Kelly in his third inning of work. And the first pitch, slow curveball drops in for a strike. It's been giving uh, BYU fit so far. Kelly's held the Cougars scoreless. Coach Kinneberg deciding to stick with the kid. See what he can do with the freshman out there from Copper Hills. Here's the 0-1. It's up high for a ball, one and one. Sue flew to right, deep right in the first, single in the second inning. Schneeman on deck and then Brock Hale. Here's Brian Sue stepping back in. Pitches off the plate, ball two. Beautiful evening for baseball here in Provo. Absolutely no wind, a sunny day, and now it's a Lights have taken full effect, and uh, great night for a baseball game. Good crowd here in the ballpark. You love to see this kind of support middle of the week. 2-1 pitch. Sue rams one down the left field line. That will be in for another base hit. So Brian Sue with his second hit. Stays came, hot. Came in hitting over 400, and he's two for three here today. Austin Moore, right-hander, beginning to throw for the Utes. He is a junior out of Huntington Beach, uh, trans, junior college transfer out of Orange Coast College. And Schneeman will come up. Daniel is uh, 0 for 1, walked in his first time up. And was retired his last time at the plate. Pretty good man to hit and run with, too, and, and Sue runs well. We'll see what they have going here as Sneeman uh, squares the bunt, takes the pitch outside for ball one. Utes have uh, number 30, Austin Moore, a junior right-handed pitcher now, warming up, at least getting loose. Doesn't look like they're in any major hurry. Moore's only thrown three innings this year. He's given up seven hits in those three innings. As Daniel Sneeman, the junior shortstop. Cougars have several players in the conference who are all conference selections this year, preseason this year. And 
several players who, uh, including uh, Schneeman, uh, Kringlin, uh, the catcher David Clausen, who are in the top ten ranked as draftable players in the conference. Right. I think four of the top ten are, are BYU uh, players. Well, and as Coach Littlewood said, I mean, the, the players are there, the talent's there. It's just a matter of getting these guys on track and getting the at-bats and the innings under their belt. And, you know, you'll start to see that in the next, you know, few weeks. You'd hope that, you know, the uh, number of hits allowed goes down. These guys start to get get in the rhythm. Quick throw to first base. Sue back in uh, safely. Brian, four stolen bases this year. He's only been thrown out uh, one, actually twice now as he was thrown out in the second inning. He's four for six on the year. A ball and a strike to Schneeman. As the lefty steps in here is Kelly's pitch. Ball hit pretty well. Center fielder going back again a few steps. Schneeman again flies out to deep center. Snoo. Sue thought about uh, advancing to second base, but uh, put the brakes on and came back to the bag. And there are now, there's uh, now one man out. Pretty good hit right there. Just right at the center fielder. Didn't have to move too much to bring that in. But now we've got a situation right now where Hale's coming up looking to add to the this guy's the real cougar deep threat here. Is he's got six home runs on the year, and I'm telling you, if we hadn't been playing in Hawaii, he'd have about ten. He had a couple of bombs there that would have been out of any ballpark in the land. And if you're familiar with all balls fouled out, if you're familiar at all with that ballpark, uh, big park number one, Huge and park. always a little mist coming in from left, and he had a couple of balls the wall and left that would have been out of any park in the in the land. A little frustrated uh, over there, Brock was. As I've seen several Cougar hitters over the years, it's been 15 years since we've been there. But, but uh, boy, you just play right into the into that ballpark. Uh, very tough to hit home runs. No balls and a strike to Brock Hale. Single his last time up. Pitch is way outside. One and one the count. Yeah, it's definitely an adjustment. It's an advantage for BYU, especially for some of those West, you know. West Coast teams that are used to playing at lower altitudes coming here. And uh, it's hard for BYU to adjust. You know, it's something you're always having to do when you go to those parks where those balls just usually don't, both for the pitchers and the hitters. One ball, one strike. And here's Kelly's pitch, swing and foul back, one and two. Looked like a pitch, could tell. That might have been up a little bit out of the zone. Kelly might have got away with one there. Brock Hill, a big swing. Another big overhand curveball from Kelly, which is definitely his strikeout pitch. You know, he's got a good fastball, but he's gone to that curveball, left that one up, and Hill just was in front of it a little bit. Cougars with the optic yellow bats this year, the uh, Rollins bats. They love them. And you can't, you can't lose them, that's for sure, with that color. <laughs> Ball and two strikes to Brock Hill. Hammered deep left field. Left fielder going back. He is on the track. He jumps and off the wall. Sue had a hard time picking that ball up. Sue's going to move to third base. And Brock Hill to second base with a double. 
you know, you could see right there the left fielder really couldn't find the wall. I think if he'd gone back to the wall, he might have been able to make that catch. Yeah, he's definitely in a situation where he's trying to find the wall here. Keeps drifting back. Looks just like over, just over his just uh, mistimed his jump just on over that. the mitt. So a double for Brock Hale off the wall, and the Cougars with runners at second and third base. And now we've got the uh, trainer going out. Looks like the left fielder banged into the wall, and he might be sh- uh, shook up a little bit. That's uh, Chandler Anderson. Wall's got a nice big pad on it, much better than it used to be. And Anderson went into the wall, and it looks like it might be a shoulder issue as he is reaching for his shoulder. Boy, you hate to see uh, an injury. Good effort by Anderson. And when you're playing in an opponent's ballpark, you're not used to it. You know, these kind of things can happen. Yeah, he went up and it just kind of hit that wall awkwardly because he's reaching for the ball with his left hand, his glove hand. And really he didn't hit the wall that hard, no, it looked like. he didn't. It was just kind of that awkward, awkward, you know, contact with the wall with his right shoulder, which is his throwing shoulder. And uh, the trainer's out there working on it. We'll see what they decide to do, if they're going to leave him out there or bring somebody else in. Looks but. like uh, Kennerberg was pointing into the dugout. I think we're, it looks like Golden, the first baseman, is running in to get his outfield mitt, and they're going to bring somebody else in to play first base. So Golden's going to move to left. And Chandler Anderson is going to come in. Boy, just unfortunate for Anderson. It looks like number 35 for the Utes is going to take over at first base. That's uh, Brayton Benedictus. He is a uh, redshirt freshman at Taylorsville High School up in the Salt Lake Valley. So Benedictus takes over for Wade Golden. Benedictus will move into the lineup in uh, Anderson's spot. That's unfortunate. I mean, you look at somebody like Anderson, he's one of the you know, leaders on the team, one of only two guys, two upperclassmen on the uh, on the squad, or at least in the starting lineup. He's a junior. He's got, coming into the game, the most at-bats of anybody on the team was 75 at-bats. So you know that he's a he's a staple in that lineup for Coach Kinneberg. But uh, it's tough to see somebody get injured on a play like that. And it's his, it looked like it was his shoulders, his throwing shoulder, which you don't want to mess around with that, especially... When you've got league play coming up, conference play for Utah. So now, get him get him in there and see what's going on. Now the pitching coach, Jack Crawford, they're going to make a pitching change after all this. We'll send it back, 90-second break. Be back with more Cougar Baseball action on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. We'll now take a 10-second station break for Station ID. New pitcher for the Utes is Austin Moore. Moore, a transfer out of Orange Coast College. He is uh, wearing number 30, 63190, hometown Huntington Beach, California. And Moore has been used very sparingly. No wins, a loss, an ERA of six. This will be his fifth appearance, three innings pitched. He's given up seven hits, two runs. 
has not struck anybody out yet, has two walks. Opponents are hitting 438 against Austin Moore, but he was throwing 92, 94 there, warming up. So this kid's got some uh, got some stuff also. But again, he's situation, he doesn't have many innings under his belt, and if BYU can take advantage of the fact that he's coming in in a tough situation with runners in scoring position, force him to throw some strikes. That will bring Kringlin to the plate. The Utes draw the infield in. Runners at second and third, and Kringlin a big swing and a miss at a 91-mile-an-hour fastball for strike one. Keaton doubled in the second, popped up to the first baseman in the third inning. He's really the guy you want up in this situation as Kringlin with that infield drawn in. Lots of holes out there for the junior. Moore's pitch, Kringlin Hits one to right field. Right fielder coming in. He'll make the catch. Here comes the runner, and he will score from third base. And Brock Hill able to move up to third base. Good strong throw out there by Miguelis, the right fielder. Pretty close play at third base. Yeah, it was. A great job by Kringlin right there. Recognizing the situation, you just need to get the ball out of the infield. Tagging right there is Sue. So the Cougars uh, score their fifth run, and now Favero steps in. Nate is singled and struck out. And he's got an RBI about 90 feet away if uh, Nate's able to get a base hit here. Well, this is also an opportunity where you see a lot of wild pitches from a pitcher coming in fresh into the game. Two outs, runner on third. Pitch to Favero, ball hit out, second baseman, gloves it. Quick throw to first. First baseman, uh, Dinebictus, just came into the ballgame, makes the play, and that will do it for the Cougars. They got one run on two hits, no errors. One man left, we're through five complete now, 5-2. Cougars over the Utes on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Baseball is brought to you by Lube Duck. Quick oil change, emissions, and inspections. Now let's take you out to the ballpark with Brent Norton. Brett Parkinson into the ballgame for the Cougars, the lefty reliever. He'll face uh, Wade Golden. First pitch to Golden's down for a ball. Parkinson, Wellsville, Utah, playing his senior year. Uh, played at uh, Salt Lake Community College and has been with the Cougars for this his second year. Fastball over for a strike. One ball and one strike. Another chance for him to come out, start an inning, which is a much different situation than coming in with guys on base. Pitches over for a strike. Parkinson, this is his sixth appearance. He's thrown six innings, given up seven hits, six runs. <laughs> Has four strikeouts on the year. And here's the one-two to Golden. Fly ball, easy play out there for Jarrett Perns. He's camped under it, and he'll make the catch for the out. Deshaun Kiersey, one of the top players for the Utes, uh, not in the lineup tonight. He is their center fielder. And he's nursing a bit of a hamstring problem. Cougars' hamstring issue is Keaton Kringlin, and he's DHing tonight. And uh, Braden Benedictus steps in. He came in and took over at first base in the last inning, made a nice de- defensive play as he dug that ball out of the dirt at first base to save a run. He is a freshman, right-handed hitter. 
And the pitch is down low, ball two. Benedictus, a freshman uh, out of uh, Taylorsville High School, 6'1", 200-pounder. Another freshman for the Utes. Again, this is a very young ball club. They've got some good arms in the uh, on the staff, and it looks like... 2-0 pitch, down low, ball three. Coach Kinneberg is really loading things up, getting these guys the early experience, and you know, it'll be interesting to see where these guys are as a, as a club are in, in a couple years. Cougars lead 5-2 as we play the top of the sixth inning. That pitch is up high, ball four. So four pitches, Benedictus, with a base on balls, and uh, that will bring uh, Davis Delaforis to the plate. He's 0 for 2. He's grounded out and popped out in the ball game. As you mentioned, the Utes not afraid to run. Down by three runs here in the top of the sixth. We'll see if uh, Benedictus is going to try to test the move. First pitch is outside. Five straight pitches for balls now by the Cougar lefty. And now uh, Mike Littlewood out of the dugout quickly jogging out there, just trying to settle him down a little bit. So LaForest, uh, a redshirt freshman, Fairfield, California. Now hitting 241 as the Coach Littlewood re- will return to the dugout. Cougars in their navy blue tops, white pants. Uh, Utes in the Utah red jerseys and uh, white pants here in the ballpark. Here's the 1 0 pitch. That's over for a strike. You know, Coach Littlewood, nobody understands this uh, rivalry like he does. I mean, he looks at this like this is one of the bigger games of the year. I mean, he knows what it means. He knows what it means to him. And uh, he's taking a little bit of a different approach. And uh, uh, he gets, uh, there's no doubt Cougars are ready to play tonight. 1-1 pitch. Strike two, Colt. Well, you have to look at this, you know, from several different, you know, aspects. Not only is it an opportunity for a win, you know, in you know, from a scheduling standpoint. But this is a recruiting aspect, right? Yep. I mean, some of these players, you look at some of these kids who are on the Utah squad, and you know, they may have been guys that the coach Littlewood was trying to get here, and vice versa. So, one-two pitch, uh, throw down the first base as the pitch was up high, two and two the count. You can't just rely on history and say, well, look at the series and who's got the you know the program. Where do you want to be? You know, BYU now is truly trying to change, you know, the game with the, the facilities from a recruiting standpoint. And now, if you can say, look at where we've, how we've performed head-to-head against Utah, a Pac-12 team. Balls that, fouled up and out of play. That goes a long way when you walk in the living room and talk to these, these kids who are coming out of high school and saying, hey, we want you to come down here to Provo. And uh, this is how we stack up against, you know, the best other you know programs well, in the state and baseball in the state of Utah is great. I mean, it is. Absolutely. There's a lot of great prospects in this state. Two and two, the count. Pitch from Parkinson, just a little bit low. You know, I'm just noticing uh, that uh, we're scheduled up at Utah next week, but the Utah schedule is showing UNLV in Salt Lake next week. No, hold it. No, no, that's wrong. Yeah, April third. That's right, I was in the, yeah. Three and two the count. Pitch from Parkinson uh, for a pitch, a throw to first base. Cougars have a pair of right-handers up throwing. 
Trying to pick up those numbers. As Parkinson with a 3-2 count. And the pitch, fly ball, out of play. You mentioned Parkinson, a transfer from Salt Lake Community College, return missionary. You know, one of the older guys on this squad, a senior, wants to finish his career strong. You know, and having a, another lefty out of the out of the bullpen is a real advantage for yeah. Coach Littlewood. If he can get on track, get some more innings under his belt. Three and two. Here's Parkinson's pitch. Pop foul again. Can you have enough lefties on your staff? I, I've never <laughs> seen a, a team with enough lefties, especially the crafty lefty, you know. Yeah, it's definitely an advantage. So three and two, the count. Runner has not gone on any pitch. Benedictus. And again, the 3-2. Again, fouled off the right side. So Parkinson throwing strikes. And Orphus uh, keeps fouling him off. Good little battle right here between uh, Parkinson and Delorfus to see who, uh, who wins this right here. Full count. 3-2 runner going. Ball hit out toward Anderson. His only play to first base. He loves it. And throws the first as the Utes started the runner on that pitch. So a runner at second base, two men out. And Miguelas will step in. He is the right fielder. He's walked and single in the ball game. He'll bat from the left side. Two men retired. Cougars uh, with a three-run lead. The Utes now have a runner in scoring position at second base. And the pitch, good curveball. Had McGillis uh, flinching, seeing that curveball come in for strike one. Yeah. Nice first pitch. Lefty on lefty right there. Had McGillis fooled. Here's the 0-1, another curveball. This one a little bit too inside. So a ball and a strike. Eight married players on the team this year. Four just recently returned missionaries. There's a ball uh, thrown wild into center field. Sneeman came in behind the runner, but the throw was on the shortstop side of the bag, and Sneeman really had no chance to to love that one. Fortunately for BYU, it didn't hurt anybody. Yeah, Perns right there. Johnny on the spot backing up that, making sure that the runner didn't advance to third base. And of course, the runner flat on his face after having gone back in head first. Really didn't know where the ball was. So had no chance of uh, advancing. Here's a fastball just off the plate. Two and one. Of course, some teams have actually turned that into a trick play where you intentionally throw it. Your center fielder's backing up trying to bait the runner into going to third. Here's a 2-1 pitch. Ball grounded out towards Sue. He's got it. He'll throw the ball to Parkinson at the bag for the out, and the Utes are retired here. In the sixth for Utah, no runs, hits, or errors. One man left. We are through five and a half. 5-2. Cougars over the Utes on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. Back here as we go to the bottom of the sixth inning. 
Cougars will send seven, eight, and nine up. Dean, Clawson, Perns. Drew Zimmerman, the right-handed freshman Lehigh High School product, uh, is out throwing. And the first pitch to Kyle Dean inside ball one. Kyle, sacrifice fly RBI in the second, struck out in the fourth inning. He's 0 for 1 today. Cougars with a couple of guys in the pen. Not sure if you're going to see Perone back into the ballgame. Dean, big swing and fouls it off. One ball, one strike. Austin Moore, the third Utah pitcher who finished up the last inning for the Utes, is on the hill. And here's the 1-1 to Kyle Dean. That's up high, ball two. 93 on that one. For the most part, Moore's only shown us fastball and curveball in his arsenal, but he's got good life on his fastball. Pretty big kid, 6'3", 200-pounder. Falling behind, though, on this first batter in the top or bottom of the sixth inning. Here's the 2-1 pitch. Dean is swing and a miss. Swung right through that 93-mile-an-hour uh, fastball. And the Dean down. Evens the count up now. Two balls, two strikes. It's a good cut. He had a good look at it. Ball was up just a little bit. Here's 2-2. Dean foul tips it back into the catcher's glove, pops out. And Dean's still alive. Cougars with a three-run lead as we play the bottom of the sixth inning here in Provo. First time these two teams have met this year. Three more chances for the Cougars and Utes. Two here in Provo, two in Salt Lake. As more long look in, now Dean steps out. Of course, the first time BYU-Utah played in any athletic event, it was in baseball back in 1895. You remember that game, right? 2-2 pitch. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't say you were that old. Come on. (laughs) Pitch is up by ball three. And, of course. That was the academy days, wasn't it? There have been two ties in this series, and that was one. A 0-0 tie in the seventh when a brawl broke out. Wow. And they ended the game. That was the first time these two teams played. No comment. Two teams uh, played each other in any athletic contest. The first of many, many brawls over the years in in many sports between these two schools. 3-2 pitch outside, ball four. So Dean, a good at bat there. Draws a base on balls, and that will bring Clawson to the plate. Moore was not happy with that call. Just missed the outside corner. Kind of hesitated, looked in. Gave the umpire just a little bit of a stare right there. But now he's got a runner on first, nobody out, trying to deal with a, a three-run BYU lead here. And now we've got a little life in the Utah bullpen. Don't know who it is. He's still got his shirt on top, but he's bringing it down from maybe he's just getting some work in. But a little submarine action in the bullpen for the Utes. Clawson back into the dugout. Not sure what happened. Maybe an equipment failure Looking for a different bat. Anyway, here he comes. Yeah, to get new batteries for those bats. That you know, that it was quite as it's it's polite. the highlight. Do you like optic yellow or a highlighter yellow? <laughs> highlighter is probably a little. People can wrap their hands around that. Yeah, one, wrap their brains. That's about what it is, right there. 
I'd, I'd have to think that's a little bit of a distraction for the pitchers, but I guess you're not looking at the bat. You're yeah. looking at, you know, the catcher's glove. and White, yellow, green, black, it doesn't matter. Pitches inside to Clausen, 1-0 the count. Cougars with Kyle Dean at first base. Nobody out here. Bottom of the six, they had trying to add to their 5-2 lead. And Clausen fouls it at the plate. A ball and a strike. Clausen, uh, Dana Point to California product. Bats from the left side, throws right. As he will step back in. David, two for two on the day. He's uh, raised his average up to 328. So he's raised at 23 points with that two, per two effort. There's a hard... Ground ball out to the shortstop on to second for one. The return to first, not in time. As the ball not played really cleanly out there by the shortstop or the second baseman. I thought they had a chance to turn two. Clawson on in the fielder's choice. Dean retired 6-4 for out number one. Ball hit hard by Clawson. Yeah, that was a tough one to turn right there for the second baseman. Clawson just beats that one out. but Another opportunity right here with just one out. One man out. Perns, uh, who tripled in two runs in the second, comes to the plate. And the first pitch to Perns, fly ball. Should be a play for Fossilina. Wade Golden, the left fielder, comes in front of him, makes the play for out number two. And that will bring up uh, top of the order, Brennan Anderson. Brennan hit a home run against LMU last week in the bottom of the ninth to tie that game up 8-8. He let off the ninth. Cougars eventually ended up losing that one 9-8-12. It was interesting. Moore, after he delivered that pitch, he slipped and fell. I don't know whether he just slipped on the turf or caught his cleat on the turf, but hit the ground pretty hard on that fly ball. Looks like he's okay. Anderson 0 for 3 today. And the first pitch to Brennan. That ball hit out. Shortstop's got it on a couple hops. He'll throw it a second for the out. And the Cougars are retired here in the sixth. No runs, hits, or errors. One man left. We're through six complete now. 5-2 Cougars over the Utes on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. Hey, Cougar fans. This is outfielder Brock Hale. You're listening to BYU Baseball on new skin, BYU Sports Network. we we'll go to the seventh inning. Shea Kramer will lead it off. He's the catcher for the Utes. Second inning of work for Rhett Parkinson. He threw uh, one inning. Uh, ball all the way back to the screen for ball one. Kramer showed bunt on that first pitch. Barely pulled it back in time. Yeah. He almost got hit. Cougars have had hit the Utes 9-4 to four in the ball game. Kramer, the number nine hitter in the lineup, and uh, top uh, Oliver Dunn due up next. Ball fouled up and off of Clausen, uh, the catcher. And the count evens up at a ball and a strike. Cougars, of course, the West Coast Conference champions last year, got into the regional back down in Stanford. And represented the conference and the school very well. Here's the 1-1 pitch. Curveball over for a strike. You know, it's interesting. Uh, 
Scott, you look at the Cougars. They're going to play Washington, or I mean uh, Cal, Stanford, and Arizona all on the road midweek games this year. All, uh, you know, midweek games as they're down in the Bay Area. And then Arizona, that's a finals week, so they won't play any other games that week. And, uh, you know, that just shows you what they're trying to do here, play tough schedule, work on their IRPI, and uh, get a better chance to get into the, the tournament at the end. Well, and it's a great opportunity, as you mentioned, when you're on the road, and, yes, it's a road game, but in order to get your RPI up, you've got to play those teams. 2-2 pitch popped up, foul, straight back and out of play. There's only so many preseason or, you know, if you will, early season games that you can play against the Auburns and, you know, these other ranked right. teams to get your RP up before you, you hit, you know, conference play. And so that's one thing that Coach Littlewood has really worked hard on is, is scheduling those teams like the Stanfords and the Cows and Arizonas midseason. 2-2 pitch, fly ball, Brock Hale in right. On his horse, he is going to get there and make the catch. Boy, Brock Hill got a good jump on that baseball. Able to run it down, save extra bases right there. One man out. He had to go a long way to catch that ball. He was on his horse from the get-go. Yeah, Hill totally extended out there and made the play for out number one. Nice little fist pump there from Parkinson. Yeah, that's my guy. Nothing like a long out. Top of the order, Oliver Dunn. Fly ball. Perns going over, and he makes the catch. Again, ball hit very well. Perns saw the ball well off the bat and was able to run it down and really make a tough play look pretty easy. Pretty routine, and again, you talked about how Coach Littlewood loves his defensive skills, and Perns basically just gets a great jump, just has to go to his knees there, make that catch. And that just gives your entire team, but especially your pitching staff, so much confidence when they see this, even the guys who aren't in the game, recognizing that you know, those are two hits for a lot of outfields. Yeah. First pitch over for a strike, and it just proves to you, hey, throw strikes. That's right. Good things can happen. That's exactly right. No balls and a strike, and that's really what kind of got him at LMU last week. Way too many base on balls. Pass balls, wild pitches. You, you know, you give guys bases, you give you get guys on base, and uh, you're going to lose. Yeah. Well, you know, at least if, if a guy puts the bat on the ball, you've got a chance to get him out. A walk, there's just absolutely, as you know, zero chance. So give yourself a chance. Oh, and to the pitch to Richardson, just a little bit low for ball one. Crowd's getting into this one right here, wanting the – Strike out to finish the inning after those great catches in the outfield by Halen Perns. Richardson, one and two now the count. And the pitch. A little bit low inside for ball two. Umpire's been a little bit more generous with the outside corner. Let's see if Parkinson tries to nibble a little bit more. Clawson set up right now on the inside. 2-2 pitch. Ball hit hard to Schneeman. Daniels got it. He'll throw him out. And that'll do it for the Utah retired in order here. In the seventh, the runs hits are errors. We're through six and a half. 5-2 Cougars over the Utes on your new skin BYU Sports Network. Brian Sue will lead it off. Bottom of the seventh here in Provo. Larry Miller field. Cougars up 5-2. 
Cougars have had hit the Utes by five hits in the ball game. First pitch from Moore is inside and high for ball one. Sue has a pair of hits in the ball game. Two for three, now uh, hitting 417 as he steps in. Sue batting from the right side. That pitch is up high for ball two. That's what we talk about, not getting caught up in the stats too early in the season. I mean, Sue raised his average 13 points just in this game alone, coming in batting 404. Now he's up to 417 after going two for three. And it's the same thing for pitchers. I mean, you want to get these guys, the innings, the work they can, see who can do what. Sue grounds it foul down the first base or third base side. And you go back, you know, we are talking last inning about working in some of those non-conference high RPI teams like the Cals and the Stanfords and Arizonas. You want to play those teams when you are finally, you know, hitting on all cylinders. And that's not easy to do when you're... Pitches up high. Well, midweek games, it even throws more of a twist. It does. It because for both teams. I mean, you got St. Mary's coming up that, that weekend, or right. you've got uh, San Francisco coming up that weekend. I mean, they're just situations where... These midweek games, that's just the depth of your pitching staff that's going to kind of get you through those. Three and one the count on Brian Sue. Sue pops it foul down the right field side. And you've also got the situation where, you know, BYU traditionally and historically has had to schedule those Arizona States, the Arizonas, in the first three weeks of the season. And you're coming back then out of the field house where you're not getting any live ground balls because you can't play outside where these other teams you're playing or they're playing your round outside so now three two pitch high and tight ball four you've got man on you've got a situation where this kind of facility that you've got in place now gives byu now at least a competing advantage that you're able to get out on the field year round if the weather allows uh you're not have to worry about you know the snow because you know, the field takes right. care of that. So now you can go down those early season games and, and feel like you're not going to have, you know, a good pitching performance but have four unearned runs and, you know, lose those ball games. And then midseason, if you can schedule those, you got your guys dialed in. You know who your pitchers are. You know who your staff's all about and what your team's really made up. So you can really compete. Yep. Sneeman steps in with a runner at first base. Could be a bunt situation here, sacrifice. Trying to push that six run across. Steeman, an excellent bunner, takes the pitch over for a strike. The other thing, the Cougars, I love what they're doing. Of course, they've had they've had Arizona here in a midweek game after Arizona leaves Salt Lake. They've had Oregon here two years ago. I think that, that that's the setup with Cal. That's the setup with Stanford. Arizona's already agreed to come back to Provo. Right. So, I mean, those kind of midweek games just generate so much interest in the community. And they're usually a little bit later in the year, weather a little bit better. Yeah. And uh, just a win-win situation, I think, for everybody. Absolutely. And then you've got, again, the way that the BYU is building its program. Those teams come here, see the facilities that BYU has put together. It just creates a top-notch program that Coach Littlewood's trying to establish here. And that trickles down all the way to the recruiting, not just for your local kids, but, you know, kids around the country see what BYU is doing and who they're playing. 1-1 1-1 pitch uh, inside. 2-1 the count. Schneeman did score to bunt. Pitch was just about hitting. Got away from the catcher, but uh, Sue unable to advance. So Coach Littlewood going through a series of signs with Schneeman, and right here, 2-1, and one, third baseman well in on the grass at third base. 
We're still calling it grass. We're calling it dirt. <laughs> Just in case you were wondering. It pitches, looks like it from pitches. here, right? You <laughs> it know, does. it's all about your perspective. It's pretty hard for me to say ball in the turf, you know. you got to say ball in the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> we made that ground real early. And, again, you know, talk a little a bit about this turf. It's not actually the shredded rubber that they've been doing, right? Didn't they no, there is there is some rubber out there, especially in the outfield. There, there is some sand and rubber in that. Uh, wasn't there another? There's a ball hit. First baseman, great play. He's going to throw to second. Nice play. And he got him. Boy, great play by Benedictus, the first baseman. I thought that ball was destined for right field, but instead Benedictus gets up and gets the lead runner. He was, I thought he was going to go step on the back. Well, he was in two steps. And Schneeman, of course, has got wheels. And he's got a he's just a step inside the bag, dives to his right, which his momentum's already carrying, so he made the right play because Schneeman may have beaten him back to the bag in that situation. But Sue you know, Sue runs well. I mean I it was just a great play by Benedictus. He's made a couple of very good defensive plays out there since being put into the ballgame as Brock Hale steps in. Hale is two for three today, a single and a double. And the first pitch is up high, ball one. I thought there was some sort of, like, bark that they shredded or some kind of newer material that they're starting to use on this field as well that was kind of sifted in with the rubber. It could be, but but when you see the outfielders, like, sliding around or whatever, that that you're seeing up is just a real fine little rubber pieces, pellets, whatever you want to call them. Hale hammers this one to right. Right fielder coming in. He's not going to get there. It gets past him. Hale will stop at a single. And Schneeman will move on to third base. Good effort by Miguelas out there in right field. He was fortunate that ball didn't get past him. That gets back. You know, that's another run for BYU. And At least. At least in that situation. There's nobody over there. Schneeman would have scored for sure. And uh, Hale would have been on third base. So fortunate and a good play by Miguelis right there. You know, and it, got, it didn't hit his glove. It actually bounced up against his body and, and knocked it down. If that had gotten to the wall, that's it, at yeah. least three bases for Hale at least. And that's possibly an inside the parker the way Brock can run. Hale's three hits now in the ball game. And Kringlin will step in. Hale's raised his average now to 361. Keaton with runners at the corners and one man out. Cougars' 10th hit of the game. Keaton doubled in the second, popped up in the third, and had a sacrifice fly RBI in the fifth. He's one for two today. And Austin Moore out of the windup fly ball right field. This is plenty deep to score the run, so Kringlin, a pair of sacrifice flies. Perfect opportunity right there to protect that hamstring yeah. as uh, Kringlin knocks in another one, his uh, seventh of the year. It's a great job. Schneeman scores after the hit to right field by Hale on the uh, previous at bat. So tacking on another one for BYU. And these are critical runs. You know, as we saw again with LMU last week, no lead is safe. You never know what's going to happen in those ninth innings. And so you've got to take advantage of every single opportunity. And a four-run lead, you know, could quickly disappear. Favero steps in with two men out and a runner at first base. 
And Moore's first pitch is outside ball one. Looked like a straight change. It just got away from Moore a little bit. Nate singled in the first or in the second inning and scored, struck out in the third, and grounded out to the second baseman in the fifth. One for three effort for uh, Favero so far here in the game. As he comes up here in the bottom of the seventh inning with a runner at uh, first base. Fastball over for a strike. Couple of scores. San Diego, Cal State Fullerton tied up at 3-3 that game in the fifth inning. And Long Beach State, Loyola Marymount 2-2 in the fifth inning. Well, BYU's done a pretty good job tonight. Only four strikeouts tonight at the plate for BYU. So they've put the bat on the ball. For the most one, part. One pitch. The pitcher went down again, fell down. Runner to second base. Brock Hill with a stolen base. And again, Austin Moore kind of set that plant foot and then just kind of went head over heels. Almost went all the way down again. Yeah, this is something we'll you know, have to take a look and see what happened. You know, what he did is he clipped his foot as he was making almost a little bit of a slide step right there. Right. And his foot didn't get up off the turf. And, you, and his spike uh, caught. You know, most players are wearing the regular spikes out here on this right. facility. And a lot of, you know, the old stuff you used to wear those rubber cleats, but most of the guys are wearing the uh, steel steel uh, spikes. Well, and, that, and the turf shoes just wouldn't work. You know, the spikes work, but but it also, if you're not used to it, like you mentioned there, a slide step, he can get caught on that turf. It doesn't give like normal dirt would give. One-two pitch to Favero. That's outside ball two. And Moore's still struggling yeah. on that next pitch. Had to come across. He's trying to make adjustments, and now that's where he kind of gets into his head, yeah. right? He's not thinking about no, balls no and doubt. strikes. He's just trying to think about how he's going to make this next pitch uh, successfully. I'm going to stay upright. Stay right? up. <laughs> two balls, two strikes, two outs with Hale at second base. And here is Moore's pitch. That's high and outside for ball three. That's a Jeff. It's an adjustment, and you know, talking to some of the, the pitchers here, you know, on the BYU staff, it was an adjustment for them as well, and it still is to an extent. But uh, definitely for those visiting teams who haven't played on a turf field like this and pitched on a turf mound and hit on a, you know, and and, and we're seeing this up and down the West Coast: Washington, Washington State, San Francisco, Portland. You know, a lot of schools are going to this. Basically, you know, very, very little maintenance. And uh, you get up in the Bay Area with all that rain. Yeah. You get here, cold weather school with, with snow and rain. I mean, it just makes a lot of sense, and it really does help the program. Three and two, the count. As Favero steps back in. Pitches. Favero hits it off the pitcher's glove right to the second baseman, who will throw Nate out at first base. One, four, three for the putout. Cougars do get a run on a hit. No errors. One man left. We're through seven complete. 6-2 Cougars over the Utes on your new skin BYU Sports Network. BYU Baseball is brought to you by Lube Duck. Quick oil change, emissions, and inspections. Now let's take you out to the ballpark with Brent Norton. Utes in the top of their order up here in the eighth inning or the middle part of the order as Dominic Fossilino will step in. He is one for three on the day. His single came in the, his last at bat. And Drew Zimmerman, the young freshman out of Lehigh High School's first pitch is outside ball one. 
Tell you what, Zimmerman really impressed me when I watched him pitch against UVU a week ago. Here's the 1-0, swing and a miss, 93 on the fastball right there by Drew. Yeah, he's got great motion, gets a lot of momentum toward home plate, good movement on his fastball, and as you saw right there, 93. This kid's a freshman. Here's the 1-1, a swing and a miss again, 93, and, you know, it's effortless. I mean, that's what you like about this kid. I mean, it's just uh, you see a lot of guys really – working hard out there and it just seems to come real easy here yeah it doesn't look like he's trying to overthrow he's trying to do too much there just got a nice here's the one two that ball's foul at the plate consistent motion there and you know again we talked about developing physically he's right there at 93 miles an hour 94 and by the time he's a senior you know this kid's gonna be Doing some great things. Here's the one-two pitch, a swing and a miss. Well, Zimmerman, it's got him listed at six foot one seventy. That's that's about right, I think. And uh, but he can generate some pretty good arm speed. Can you imagine him six foot one ninety yeah. in a couple mm-hmm. years as he fills out? I mean, he gets, gets on the weight program a, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean that's that's a big part of it now. There's a bunt down the third baseline. Favero up with it. Throws the first for the out. Great play. Riker Tom trying to bunt his way on, and Favero with a good play. Two men down. And Wade Golden will step in. Golden is 0 for 3. Golden's average is dipped below 200, now hitting 194 on the year. And the first pitch, that ball's hit out to Sneeman. Sneeman's got it. And that'll do it for the Utes. Quick eighth for Utah. Lawrence hits her errors. We're through seven and a half. Six-two Cougars over the Utes on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. Well, Spencer Kevin Johnson appears to be the closer for the Utes. He's on in here to pitch the bottom of the eighth. He's uh, This will be his seventh appearance, a 1.64 earned run average. He's thrown 11 innings, has 12 strikeouts. Opponents are only hitting 162 off this kid. He uh, is a transfer out of College of Southern Idaho. And he is a sophomore pitching for the Utes. And again, situation where Coach Kennenberg probably wants to get him a little uh, down four. This is normally not a situation you bring him in, but just wants to get him a little work. Yeah, as your closer, if you could get him a few innings, a few pitches right here, especially a guy like this. Absolutely. Boy, and how impressive was Drew Zimmerman there in the whew, strikeout. A couple of quick, I think he only threw about six pitches, seven pitches. He works fast. A lot of strikes right around the zone. Again, hitting 91 to 93 that last inning, which gives your offense a chance now to come up to the plate against this Johnson kid. Kyle Dean steps in. Dean, Clausen, Perns, bottom of the order for the Cougars. As the Cougars lead this one 6-2 to two as we play the bottom of the eighth inning. Kyle Dean is 0-for-1 officially tonight. Has a, an RBI on a sacrifice fly. And the first pitch is down low, ball one. Kyle's uh, sacrifice came back in the second. He struck out in the fourth and uh, walked in the sixth. So Dean getting the start tonight in left field. 
Pitches up high for a ball. 90 miles an hour on a fastball from um, Spencer Kevin Johnson. Utah kid, right? Yeah, out of Syracuse, Utah. 6'1", 200-pounder. Might have been a qualifier. If you go to JC and you've qualified in all your core classes, you can you can transfer, and that's exactly what Sudworth did, the Cougar right. closer. Well, He's a sophomore. Absolutely. And, and that's the situation, again, you know, College of Southern Idaho, you know, Southern Nevada, there's a few programs out there that have just parentally just been – cranking out quality players, whether it's just some time that they need to mature physically and, you know, sometimes just emotionally kind of get on top of things, get in the swing of the college. Kyle Dean flies one to center field. Center fielder Osalina going back. He makes the catch. We're out number one. Well, and especially if you can go and and uh, get a recruit out of a JC as a sophomore. I mean, you got him for right. three years. That's what exactly. a huge difference that is. Yeah, and some of those kids in certain situations, maybe it was, uh, again, there's so many different situations, whether it's academically, um, whatever it is, they they can go to these programs and kind of just take a break and then transfer to a, to a D1 and contribute right out of the gates. Clawson steps in. David fouls the first pitch off. Uh, Clawson two for three today. And for a lot of these guys, too, it's not just maybe they just got overlooked in high school. Maybe they're yep. in a, coming from a smaller area. They just kind of weren't on the radar. So they get a chance to go play at a college of Southern Nevada or a program like CSI. And uh, oh, one pitch, that pitch, uh, boy, up and off the. Oh, he's Umpire, not he is no, not he happy. Got, that time he took one in the face mask, and he's not happy with the catcher. That's the second time yeah. tonight. Took one off his left shoulder, and now took one off the face mask. Just shaking his head. I don't think Kramer and the umpire are going to be having dinner afterwards tonight, do you? Ball glanced off uh, Kramer's glove, and then right off the mask of the home plate umpire. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he's going to have some. Little whiplash right there. Oh, no fun at all. One ball and one strike. <laughs> There'll be some conversations between Kramer and the Blue over the next uh, few pitches. Here's the one-one pitch. That's high all the way back to the screen. Got away from the pitcher. That wasn't even Johnson. close. No. I mean, that was. Kramer didn't even try to grab that one. It was so high. But the umpire did try to get his head out of the way. Yeah. But it was over his head, too. But uh, he might be seeing stars back there. He might be seeing two balls coming in after that shot off the face mask. 2-1 pitch. That's up high. And that ball's off of Kramer's glove back to the screen. That one is something's going on because... That was a catchable ball, yeah. just the normal fastball that was high. And, again, glanced off his glove. If I'm the umpire, I don't know where I'm standing on this next pitch. Pitch to Clausen's over for a strike, three and two. 
Well, Spencer Kevin Johnson kind of has that look of a closer, doesn't he? I mean, he's kind of that menacing beard and long hair and kind of nasty. He wants yeah, that, that. He wants those hitters to just just think this guy's coming with some nasty stuff. Here. Lawson fouls that pitch off. He's been hanging around the 90 mile an hour mark with the fastball. Hasn't shown a lot of variety in terms of his pitches. So far, it's been pretty straight stuff. Three and two. Here's the pitch to Clawson. That's up high and again off the glove of the catcher, Kramer, back to the screen. Kramer, just, I think he's having a hard time picking up that baseball for some, yeah, some reason it, off some, of uh, Johnson. Something's off because a few of those pitches were, you know, he's going into the dugout. Maybe he's there's going to get another glove, I think. He's fixing his uh, he's, shin guard. Yeah, he's take, he's uh, replacing his, his left shin guard. I think he might need a glove, not a shin guard. Maybe something broke on that shin guard. I didn't notice. Maybe he's going to ask for the first baseman's glove. <laughs> so I need a, I need a bigger mid here, A little here, longer coach. one. Help me out. Or maybe the umpire sent him over and said, why don't you go get a different glove because <laughs> whatever you're using isn't working. Well, that will bring uh, to the plate uh, Jarrett Perns. Perns one for three. Had a two-run triple back in the second. Struck out in the fourth. Flew out to left in the... Sixth inning. Clawson at first base. One man out. And Jarrett Perns steps in. First pitch to Perns is down low ball one. Johnson uh, in 11 innings of work uh, has had eight walks. We mentioned the 12 strikeouts. He's only given up one extra base hit. That was a double this year. He has had four wild pitches. I think he's had uh, two or three today. Pitch to Perns is over for a strike. Yeah, definitely a couple of those would be wild pitches and a couple pass balls. Perns just looking for something in the middle of the zone here. He can drive. One ball and one strike. And here is Johnson's pitch. It's up a little bit high, two and one. First off-speed pitch we've seen from Johnson. Missed it on that one. Perns probably is thinking dead red fastball on this 2-1 pitch. Should get something to hit. Here's 2-1. Perns takes that one down, low ball three. Brennan Anderson in the on-deck circle right now, and he's somebody that BYU really needs to get going as they head into this series with Gonzaga. Anderson has really struggled. He had a hit here and there against LMU, but just hasn't been able to kind of build some momentum, be consistent. He had his average up in the 320-330 range, but 0 for 4 tonight. And Brennan's dropped down to 271, so... uh, not uh, what we're used to seeing out of the uh, Cougars' second baseman. Here's the 3-1 pitch. Runner going. Ball popped up foul. Interesting. Starting him on the 3-1. Thought uh, Coach Littlewood thought Perns would get a pitch to hit. He did. Just popped it straight back. 
Well, if you're going to start in 3-1, you'd think you'd start in 3-2. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Not a bad. Clausen a catcher. That means he doesn't have the greatest speed. Chance to run. And Johnson from the stretch. There he goes. Pitch is fouled off. Coach Littlewood showing a lot of confidence in Burns. He's only got how many strikeouts on the year so far? He, he struck out today, and that was his fourth of the his year. his fourth of the year. And About 40 at-bats. 40 A.B. So he's a contact hitter for sure. Here's a 3-2. Perns fly ball. Should be an easy play. Center fielder coming in. He's going to get there. Clausen. I don't, I don't think he saw the ball well as he's going to get doubled up off of first base. As he turned around, he got all the way to the back at second. I'm just not sure David even saw that ball. That'll do it for the Cougars. And we'll go to the ninth. Cougars leading 6-2 on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. What's up, Cougar Nation? This is uh, Keaton Kringlin, outfielder on the BYU baseball team. And you are listening to the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Go Cougars. Jake Sudruth into the ball game for the Cougars. He has become the closer for this BYU team. And he will face 6, 7, and 8 in the order for the Utes. As we play the top of the ninth inning, Cougars three outs away from a victory. They hold a 6-2 lead here over Utah in the first meeting of these two rivals. Cougars hold on. They'll pick up their 245th win against Utah. And they've lost uh, just 116 times. There's been two ties. One was back in 1895 that we talked about. There's no tie One was baseball? back in 1970. What happened there? I'm, you know, I, I wasn't around for that. That was even, pre, that even predated me. As Braden Benedictus steps in, he walked his first time up. And Sudrath's first pitch is over the inside corner for a call strike. Hopefully it wasn't a, another brawl like uh, the first one I don't think that so. ended it. Right? No, I don't think so. Jake Sudrath, one win, one loss, three saves on the year, 2.70 earned run average. This is not a save situation for Sudrath. They're right off the end of the bat. Sue picks it up. He's got to flip the ball to Sudrath who makes the play. That, that ball had some major spin on it. And good job by Sudruth. Got there in a hurry and uh, got to the bag and made the play. Yeah, he kind of had to find the bag after he caught the ball, and the runner was just bearing down on him really quick, so he had to make a good play on that one. And Sue had to watch that ball into his glove because that thing had enough spin on it. That could have got away from him. One man out. Dolorifus steps in. He is 0 for 3 today, and Sudra's first pitch is high and tight. Ball one. He scored to bunt there. Dolorifus, the uh, redshirt freshman. Well, and it's already, he's got that motion. That ball's tailing inside yeah. on top of that. So he's got to be careful if he's going to square around again here. There's that slider you can see. He put his, kind of put his arm up, and I'll tell you, that slider is, is uh, dominating. Well, from the hitter's perspective, especially a right-handed hitter, with him coming in sidearm like that, that's really tough. 2-0 pitch, inside corner fastball for a strike. Sudruth last year at Mesa Community 
1.63 earned run average, three wins, two losses, 16 saves, 61 strikeouts in 49 innings and 11 walks. Ground ball. That ball is going to be an infield single. What a good play by Sneeman. Didn't think he had a chance. He made the play and made the throw, and runner able to beat it out by about a half a step. I think Schneeman was giving us his Derek Jeter impression yeah. right there. He made that one actually pretty close for a ball in the gap. Had to go up and do the off his right foot, throw that back, and had quite a bit of pace on that throw. One man out. And McGillis steps in. He is a junior out of Tucson. And here's the pitch from Sudruth. A swing and a miss for strike one. Well, this is such a, an important piece for Coach Littlewood to have in place with Sudruth. Somebody that he knows can come in, throw strikes. You look at his numbers from last year that you just reviewed again. His strike-to-walk ratio, is strikeout-to-walk ratio is tremendous. Pitch is over for a call strike. He's got an interesting story. He went to Hawaii Pacific out of high school. The entire freshman class was redshirted. Which, have you ever heard? And so at that point he transferred to Mesa Community. Pitched a year. As we mentioned, that ball hit him. Ball got away from him. Came in and hit him on the back uh, back leg. So runners for the Utes at uh, first and second base after the single and the hit batter, and that will bring up Shea Kramer, the catcher. Yeah, he tried to get a slider and hits him on the back foot just as Miguelis was trying to move it out of the way. Hits that back, bounces it, just hits that foot. Now he's got runners on first and second with one out. Double play ball. That's all he needs right here. Kramer steps in, flew out to right field his last time up. And the first pitch from Sudruth is over for a strike. Kramer 0 for 2. Popped up in the second. Flew out in the seventh. Good play by Brock Hale. Out in that right center field alley. Here is Sudruth's 0-1 pitch. Again, that slider drops in this time over the outside corner. You can see H.U. Kind of backing up, and the slider's heading at the shoulder. It's a great pitch. Outside corner, had him fooled the whole way. Now he's got all his options available. Whether he wants to waste one here, he's still got runners in scoring position. But he's going to stay outside with this pitch. 0-2. Line drive, base hit. Kyle Dean picks it up in left field, and the Utes will have... Bases loaded here, and the top of the order coming to the plate. Neither of those hits really hit very hard, but uh, the Utes now with uh, six hits in the ball game. Top of the order, Oliver Dunn. You, he represents the tying run at the plate. That's one that Sudroth wants back. 0-2 pitch. Clawson wanted that outside, and he just got too much of the plate. Now the tying run. At the plate for the Utes. Dunn steps in. First pitch outside, ball one. Oliver Dunn, uh, one for four, had a bunt single in the third. And Sudruth 
With one man down, he rocks and fires, and that pitch is inside for ball two. And now Mike Littlewood out of the uh, dugout quickly for the Cougars. Just give a, a chance for Sudreth to take a breath, relax, realize, kind of, you know, assess the situation. And this is, you know, really a good opportunity for Coach Littlewood to find out more. I mean, this is a learning process, especially for someone like Sudreth that he really hasn't seen that much of him. I mean, yeah, he's been on the team. He's seen him, you know, in practices. But how is he going to handle this pressure situation? Bases loaded. You got one out. Ground ball double play ends the game. Or a base hit, you know, puts the game really, makes it really interesting. So this is a good situation that, you know, as much as you don't want to see your pitcher struggle, it's also a learning opportunity for Littlewood to find out what Sutterth has got in the tank and how he's going to handle it. Two balls, no strikes. And the pitch is swinging a miss. Two and one now the count. Another action this weekend in the conference. St. Mary's visits Santa Clara, San Diego at Pacific. San Francisco at Portland, LMU at Pepperdine. Two and one. And the pitch from Sudworth is down low, ball three. And now Dunn knows with bases loaded, he's got to come to him with something good here. Three balls and a strike to the second baseman for the Utes. And here is Sudra's pitch. Foul tip back into the catcher's glove. And the count goes full, 3-2. And Sudrath again with that motion, why he's so effective as a closer is you go the whole game, you're used to guys coming over the top, and then you come in and only for three outs. I mean, that's all he needs to get. It's just different enough. Three and two. The pitch to Dunn. That hit him. That hit done, and so uh, he will pick up an RBI. And now the potential tying run at uh, first base for the Utes. And that brings up Matt Richardson. Well, Sudworth retired the first batter since then. He's given up a, a hit, two hits, and he's hit two batters. Well, this is definitely getting a little bit more... Uh, more interesting. Tense. Pitch a swing and a miss by Richardson for strike one. You'd almost think if you're Coach Kinneberg, you'd put another left-handed hitter up there because he's hit two lefties. <laughs> now he's got a righty, and at least Sudreth has been missing. He's been missing on that left side. Here's the 0-1 to Richardson. That pitch is well outside. A ball and a strike. McGill is at uh, third base. Kramer at second. Dunn at first. As Sudworth tries to put this one away for the Cougars. 1-1 the count. Here's the pitch. A swing and a miss. It's a great pitch. Outside corner on that one. you got to remember Richardson's the best hitter on the Utes lineup right now. Hitting 350. He's only got five strikeouts on the season, but Sudras so far 
putting this on the outside corner and Richardson is definitely Richardson, swinging those. Yeah, he's one for four today. And here's the one, two. That's outside, two and two the count. You want to miss. You just maybe don't want to miss quite by that much. Well, he's uh, he's definitely keeping it on the outside corner. He's probably going to stay there on this pitch right now. Here's a 2-2 pitch from Jake Sudruth. Ball lined into right field, base hit. One run scores. And the Utes back to 6-4 to four now. Tying run at second base for Utah. Boy, Richardson just a smooth little swing going the opposite way. Picks up an RBI. Yeah, he didn't try to do too much with that. Of course, two strikes on him. Just wanted to get the bat on the ball. Of course, the defense is playing double play depth in that situation. But now you've got the runner, the tying run on second base. And Sudrath still ground ball, double play, ends the game. Foscalina, the hitter for the Utes. He's the number three in the order. And the first pitch to Foscalina is a breaking pitch that catches the inside corner for a call strike one. Foscalina has one hit. He's one for four in the ball game. And Sudruth from the stretch. Ball hit. Down the right field line. That might be trouble. No, Sue's going to get there and make the catch. But that ball might stay in fair territory, but Sue tracked it down for out number two. And now Riker Tom will step in. Riker Tom had a long home run in the third. He's uh, one for four, or one for three today. Did walk in the first, and he's up there with bases loaded. It all comes down to this right here. As Jake Sudworth's first pitch to Riker, Tom Ball hit into left field, base hit. Here comes one run. They're going to try to score him from second base, and he'll score, and the Utes have tied it up. As Riker, Tom, a single in the sixth hole, and the Utes have scored four here in the ninth inning and tied this one up at 6-6. Well, that was just a good piece of hitting right there. He knew he was coming inside with the bases Loaded, he's got to throw strikes in that situation. No chance to get him at the plate. So a big RBI by Tom has tied this one up. And that will bring Wade Golden to the plate. Now they're going to appeal that down to third base. Now they're going to make him set. And now the Cougars are going to actually appeal this to third base, saying... The potential tying run missed the bag, and they say he did not miss it. Safe call by the third base umpire. That would have been an interesting call. Uh, <laughs> if he called him out missing the bag, I think we would have seen a Kinneberg sprint out yeah. faster than that, that runner. Utes have uh, scored four in the inning. And Golden steps in in the first pitch over for a call strike. And the tendency now is the game's tied. 
And you got to remember, there's still work to do. I mean, Sudworth is still in a yeah. jam right here. Runner in scoring position. You've got two outs. Yeah, go ahead, run at second base. And Golden steps in. Here's the 0-1. Ball foul at the plate. Remember, the Utes had their closer in the game the last inning. Johnson's ready to go if they decide to bring him back in. There is a lot of life in the Ute bullpen. Two guys, both a lefty and a righty down there, getting ready for this next inning. No balls, two strikes. Golden steps back in. Here's the pitch. That's off the plate for ball one. Well, you scored two in the third and uh, were held scoreless until here in the ninth inning when they put four on the board on four base hits. There were two hit batters that helped prolong the inning. And here's the one-two to Golden. Swing and a miss. Golden goes down on strikes, but the U score four to tie it up. We're through eight and a half now, 6-6, six, six, Utes and Cougars, on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. Brennan Anderson will lead it off for the Cougars as we go to the ninth, bottom of the ninth, all tied up. For those of you just tuning in, thinking the Cougars had this one on cruise control, it appeared they did until that ninth. They had Utes with four base hits. And uh, they scored four runs. Look at that third baseman. You think he's playing the line? He's about a foot off the line. <laughs> Doesn't want any doubles going down that line. No. Anderson fouls the pitch off one and one. Yeah, that last inning, perfect situation where, you know, Sudrith, we were talking, kind of singing his praises about how well he's done in that closer role. But when you hit a couple guys like he did and then give up a couple hits, I mean, that you just can't afford that kind of mistake in a closing situation, even if you have a four-run lead. 1-1 pitch to Anderson. That's outside. Ball two. Fortunately for BYU, you've got your top of the lineup leading off here in the bottom of the ninth. Well, we'll see if the Cougars can answer here. Cougars got four in the second, one in the fifth, one in the seventh. And we're all tied up at 6-6 here in Provo. Anderson takes that one up high. Ball three. We were talking about how Johnson came in the last inning. It was, you know, 6-2 to two at the time when they were bringing in their closer, thinking they were just going to get him some work. And now he's truly in a situation where he's not only trying to close the game out, but extend it and possibly be in a position to pick up a win. 3-1. That pitch is up high. So Anderson walks to lead off the ninth inning here for BYU. Potential game-winning run. And Brian Sue will come up, and that's going to be it for Johnson. We'll be back with more Cougar baseball action right after this on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now the Utes bring in Trenton Stoltz. He's a submariner, 6'4", 210. He's a senior out of Paradise Valley, Arizona. And Brian Sue will be the hitter for the Cougars You've got to believe bunt situation. Sue, a very good bunter. Good speed at first base. Cougars trying to move that potential game-winning run into scoring position with Schneeman and uh, Brock Hale do up, uh, coming up. Well, Stoltz, again, he's a big kid. He drops down. That doesn't make it any easier for Sue if he is trying to put a bunt down here, which you think is going to be happening with no outs and the winning run. 
on first base with Anderson after that walk. Stoltz's 12th appearance. I mean, he's uh, the closest to him has six. It's his 12th appearance. He's thrown eight innings, given up 10 hits, seven runs. Opponents hitting 294 off the right-hander. He does have one save on the year. So one of the two Cougar or Ute uh, wins uh, was saved by uh, Trenton Stoltz. And uh, Sue will come to the plate, third baseman coming in in front of the bag at third base. Right here, of course, you want to push that ball down that first baseline to make that first baseman or pitcher have to turn and throw awkwardly if if he tries to throw to third base as uh, Sue steps to the plate. Brian uh, scoring to bunt. Here comes the pitch, and there goes the runner, and Anderson is going to be thrown out at second base. So I'm not sure if that was, uh, you know, a miss sign or if they, or Coach Littlewood th- could th- thought uh, Anderson can pick up a steal. But he's thrown out at second base. Well, Sue didn't even get his bat pulled back on that one. And, and it almost looked like he just didn't. Yeah. Didn't even uh, see that pitch, but on the replay there, he never tagged it. He went right over the top of Anderson. Anderson got in under that, and he kind of swiped over the top to where the umpire thought that he had applied the tag. But looking at that replay, we're going to see it again right here. He does not even tag him. Tags him way after he's he's, he's on the bag. Yeah. Tags him on the helmet yeah. to kind of make sure, but got the benefit of the call there. It's one of those calls that uh, you beat, you know, the ball beats the runner to the to the yeah. bag, and it's like an automatic. Sue fouls one off, 0-2 the count. That's a tough one because Sue, I think Anderson was anticipating if that's a strike especially that Sue's going to at least get the bat on the ball and uh, wasn't even close in that situation. No balls and two strikes to Brian Sue. Swings, ball gets away from the catcher. Sue down to first base, and he is safe. So KS in the book, a strikeout. But Sue moves up to uh, first base on the wild pitch that got uh, past Shea Kramer. So a runner at first base, one man out, and uh, Schneeman heading to the plate. Daniel still hasn't got a hit in the ballgame. He's 0 for 3 today. So Sneeman will step in. That's a big mistake right there by Stoltz and by Kramer letting that ball get through. First pitch to Daniel is on the outside corner for a call strike. Sneeman didn't like it. He thought that was way outside. Kind of shaking his head. Again, this is this is tough for hitters to get used to. Stoltz, uh, the big right-hander from the stretch. Here's the pitch. Neiman hits his ball. First baseman, Benedictus, makes the play. And then he, oh, they call him out at second base. And he threw to second. It looked like he might have been off the bag when he made the catch. Yeah, have to look at that replay. Definitely. I mean, that was an incredible play by the first baseman. Second time this game that he's been diving to his right, comes up throwing. 
Benedictus, really a bang-bang play down there at second base, but, boy, I give Benedictus a lot of credit. He's come in late in his ballgame and made a couple of outstanding defensive plays as Brock Hale steps in. And then Richardson had to dive and keep his foot on the bag for the force out. So back-to-back, I mean, both of those plays, big-time plays for the Utes getting that second out. Brock Hale steps in. Brock three for four in the ball game. And Stoltz's first pitch. Ball. Benedictus again. One hopper. Gloves it. Steps on the bag for the out. And the Cougars are retired in the inning. No runs, hits, no errors, and one man left. We are through nine complete. We're going to extras here in Provo. 6-6, Utes and Cougars on your new skin BYU Sports Network. BYU Baseball is brought to you by Lube Duck. Quick oil change, emissions, and inspections. Now let's take you out to the ballpark with Brent Norton. Benedictus, the defensive star in the last inning, coming to the plate. Here's the 0-1 pitch. That ball's a one hopper out to Sneeman. He's got it. Long throw to first. In time for the out. Good play by Sneeman. Bounced the ball over there. Brian Sue for out number one. You know, that that last play Benedictus made, that ball was just an absolute rocket. Smoked. I'm not even sure if he knew it was in his glove until it was there. That ball would have been in the corner by Hale and would have scored a run. That so. would have been the game winner for sure. And then on that play, Schneeman backhanding that, taking advantage of the turf with the two-hopper over to Sue for that big out. Dolorifus now steps in, and he pops it up. Might be playable. Clausen coming back. And that ball will find the seats here. No balls and one strike. Jake Sudruth still on the hill for the Cougars. So he's gone from a save situation now to a, try to hold the Utes where they are and hope the Cougars can score and he can pick up a win. No well, balls and a strike. It's definitely a confidence builder, Coach Littlewood. Deciding. Ooh, boy, that almost hit him. I think uh, De La Forest uh, thought that was for sure going to hit him. Yeah. He was prepared for contact. Came inside <laughs> on him right there. But just the fact that uh, Coach Littlewood's got the confidence to put Sudrath out there and try to work out some of the kinks from the last inning, especially in a game like this. Got to love it. One pitch up high. So two balls, one strike. The count, one man out, top of the 10th. Utes with a big comeback in the ninth inning to tie this one up. Fly ball, Brock Hale coming over and right. He's there and makes the catch for out number two. About to say, what what more would you expect out of this uh, BYU-Utah rivalry? Didn't we talk about that at the beginning of the game? Right? I mean, you just, you never, ever on a rivalry game can predict what's going to happen. There's always some drama unexpected plays and we've got it again tonight McGillis steps in the right fielder for the Utes and the first pitch from Sudworth that ball's drilled into center field base hit McGillis has had himself a good game defensively as well as at the plate so a two out single will bring up Shea Kramer the catcher 
we'll start to see who's got early class in the in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> right? Still quite a few fans out here. A few people have left, but uh, still a pretty good crowd in the ballpark. Just a shade over 1,900 people here at the uh, ballpark today. There's a ball hit foul down the first base side. You can't leave a rivalry game early, can you? No, you can't. Not against the rules. That's right. They got somebody out at the gate blocking people from getting out. That's right. No balls and a strike to Shea Kramer. Had a big single in that ninth inning. One of four hits the Utes got. Pop up. Should be an easy play for Colleen. Kyle had a hard time picking that up. Now he's there, and he drops it. He dropped the ball. He had a hard time picking that ball up, and by the time he came in, you could see him struggling out there. That'll be an E7. Runners now at second and third base. And the top of the order, and Oliver Dunn coming to the plate. Third error by the Cougars in the ballgame. Yeah, he was hustling in on that play. It looked like he was camped under it the last, you know, few seconds. And then all of a sudden, he reaches out. Yeah. And I don't know whether he just didn't see it, lost it in the... Off his glove. Live, but, yeah. Tough break for Sudras First there. pitch to Dunn is over for a strike. Now the Cougars kind of imploding here late in this ballgame. As you could see, uh, Kyle off the bat really struggled, was kind of frozen, then he had to come hard and never got comfortable camping under that ball. Pitches a little bit inside. Boy, right now Dave Clawson has got to do everything he can to get in front of every pitch. We saw that happen last week. One ball and one strike. Here's the pitch, a swing and a miss by Dunn. And the count now one and two. A great pitch by Sudrath coming inside on that one. Knew he needed a strike, even though he's got an open base over there. With two outs, the kind of action he gets on his pitches put that just in a spot where he couldn't hit it. One ball, two strikes. And the pitch off the plate, two and two. Utes with eight hits, Cougars with ten. And Sudrath again. Here's the 2-2. Strike three called on the outside corner. He goes down on strikes. Cougars hang on here in the top of the 10th. We're tied 6-6 on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. Keaton Kringlin will lead it off for the Cougars. Here in the bottom of the 10th, we're all tied 6-6, BYU and Utah. First uh, meeting of four this year between these two schools. Uh, next time in Salt Lake next Tuesday. As Kringlin... 
is actually uh, one for two today with a couple of RBIs, both his last two times up. Guy at third base, he's driven a run in uh, with a sacrifice fly, and the first pitch from Stoltz is outside ball one. Well, this is, again, a situation where you've got a guy, now it's the second time that at least uh, they've seen Stoltz, not through the lineup, but some of those guys in the last inning can come in and talk to the other players and say, here's what we're seeing with him being a submarine pitcher. 1-0 pitch, big hopper off toward the shortstop. He's got it, can't make the play. Boy, give King a lot of credit. He was trying to leg that thing out with that hamstring. Hopefully he didn't do any damage. And we are going to have a pinch runner for Kringlin. Cam Richens, uh, number four, will come in and run for Keaton. Yeah, he was digging that one out. Yeah. You could tell that one was... Big high hopper just over the pitcher's glove. Yeah. As soon as it got over the pitcher's glove, you knew it was going to be a very, very tough defensive play to make. Yeah, that hamstring's really bothering him. But good job getting down to first base. Again, second time in a row. BYU's had the leadoff runner on first base. See if they try the bunt again this time, like they did with Sue last inning. You know, the more I think about that, I think Coach Littlewood was just trying to straight steal. I mean, he had Sue. I mean, it was a good pitch to bunt. He just pulled the bat back, and it was a strike call. There's a bunt attempt, and that ball's foul at the plate. And, you know, I, I'm not sure, but uh, Brennan, uh, I, I think Stoltz a little longer to the plate. He'd be kind of a big, long, lanky kid. Coach Littlewood probably had him timed and thought Brennan could uh, just straight out steal. We'll have to ask him after the game. Well, and, and again, Sue did not pull the bat back. It was a called strike because he did not pull it back. Um, and so it almost just looked like whether he was trying to distract the catcher or what because, yeah. yeah, Anderson was stealing. It was a straight steal on that part. Here's Favero scoring to bunt again and takes that one outside. One ball, one strike to count. Kyle Dean in the on-deck circle, and then he'll be followed by uh, Clausen. Third baseman about halfway into home plate with Favero showing bunt. First baseman holding the runner on, and again, Favero scores to bunt. 1-1 pitch. That's outside, ball two. Crowd, the dugout getting into it. Pressure situation. Everybody's up in both dugouts. Yeah, a lot of uh, strategy here, how you defend this. And Cougars with uh, Favero at the plate again. He's scoring a bunt. And here is the 2-1. Favero takes that one outside, ball three. And Stoltz appears to be a little bit unnerved uh, with uh, Favero squaring the bunt so quickly. Yeah, and that's that's sometimes difficult for a pitcher when they see a guy squared around. They know that all they you really want to throw a strike in that situation. You want to let him bunt, take the out. If he pops it up, even better, obviously for you. But some pitchers, it's just mentally hard to focus in on that and throw it over when the guy's sitting there squared around. And now 3-1 the count. Again, Favero squares. And that pitch is bunted down the first baseline. Stoltz picks it up, throws the first for the out. So Favero, with the great execution of the sacrifice, moves the runner up to second base. And uh, Kyle Dean 
Looks like they might. Uh, yeah, they are going to pinch hit for Dean, number 36 for the Cougars. Uh, that is Jake Brown. He's uh, a designated hitter, 6'4", 200-pound sophomore. Will come and hit for Kyle Dean. Jake Brown on the year hitting 250. He's had 16 at bats, four hits, one double, and a two RBIs, and probably the biggest hit of this uh, young man's BYU career right now. Well, he's going to get a chance, especially being a lefty, going against Stoltz, who's dropping down from the right side. That gives him a little bit better chance to see that pitch coming into him. And uh, Coach Littlewood playing the percentages here with the lefty. Well, you got Brown, then you got another left-handed Clawson with uh, Richens at second base, has great speed. And the first pitch is outside, ball one to Brown. Game-winning run at second base for BYU as we play the bottom of the 10th here. Let's not forget that Kramer's had some difficulty throughout the game receiving the ball, catching the ball. A lot of balls glancing off his glove, off the umpire in a couple situations. Here's the 1-0 pitch to Brown. That's over for a strike, one and one. Like Stoltz took a little bit off that fastball, only 85, just trying to throw a strike. I think he thought Brown would be taken. Looked like he might have been taken. Might have been. Chance to see a couple pitches right here. One ball, one strike. As Jake Brown... Step into the plate. Pitches outside for a ball. Two and one the count. Cam Richens, uh, number four at second base. He is a uh, sophomore, Desert Ridge High School down in Mesa, Arizona. You mentioned uh, great speed. Here is the 2-1 pitch. Way outside, gets past the catcher, and the runner moves up to third base. That's going to force the Utes to bring the infield in. You called it, Scott, just off, glanced off the glove. Yeah, it wasn't even that far outside. I mean, it was definitely a ball, but that's a pitch that Kramer has to handle. You can't afford to put that guy on third base now with one out where a fly ball going to score him. Infield's in. They've got to bring the outfield in also. Can't let any ball hit in front of you. And a 3-1 count to Jake Brown with Clawson on deck. And here is Stoltz's pitch. Ball fouled back. 3-2 the count. Looked like he was just a little bit behind that pitch. Not sure if he was looking off speed from Stoltz. But now he's got a full count, and Stoltz has the luxury. I mean, it doesn't matter. You don't have – I mean, that's the winning run on third. I mean, he can walk him and the next guy if he wanted to because they're 
you know, irrelevant runs right there. No doubt. Brown just has to focus on just getting a piece of it. Boy, with that infield in, outfield in, your chances of finding a hole are, are greatly increased. Now we've got the catcher, and Kramer and Stoltz going through the signs one more time, making sure they're on the same page. Now he steps off again. Brown in uh, 16 at-bats has uh, four strikeouts this year. And now Shea Kramer out. And, well, the fans that are here are making a lot of noise. <laughs> well, you have to. I mean, this is a situation where you've got a lot of pressure on Stoltz out there, full count, winning run on third with one out. And just based on that last situation where the ball got away from Kramer, that's, that's in his head. Three balls, two strikes. Here's the pitch to Brown. Ball fouled off down the first base side. I don't know whether there's more pressure on Stoltz or Kramer or right now. Or Brown. All three you know, of them I mean, feeling, Br- yeah. hey, Brown, no obviously, you know, he's got the pressure, but Kramer knows if he doesn't just catch the ball and he's had problems with that, it's the ball game. I mean, Brown doesn't have right. to do a thing. 6-6 the score, bottom of the 10th. Cougars with the winning run, 90 feet away at third base. And Stoltz will again work from the stretch. Here's the pitch. That ball almost, that ball got away from the catcher. Here comes the runner. Cougars win, 7-6. Ball got away from Shea Kramer. And the Cougars win it as they mob cap Richens by home plate. Wow, what a crazy game. What a way to end a, what a way to win a ball game. And uh, like we said, you know, BYU Utah, you never know what you're gonna see, and we saw a wild one here tonight. Yeah, you almost hate to see a game end on something like that. You like to see somebody come through in the clutch, not a not a pass ball or a wild pitch. It almost looked like that caught Brown, like it almost hit him. There was a sound, but I think that was the nick of the glove as he was reaching for it, as that pitch was inside. And single-handedly, you know, between Stoltz and Kramer, you know, runner advances the third and then scores the winning run. I mean, that's that's just baseball for you right there. Yeah, it is. Uh, wow, what a, what a crazy night here in Provo. As the Cougars win this one 7-6, to six, uh, they're in that last inning. Uh, Kringlin walked. Uh, Favero sacrifices him up a, a couple of pass balls. I think they both hit the catcher's glove. I don't know how you can call them wild pitches. And uh, that was the ball game. Yeah, that's it's a tough situation. You know, you could see Kramer going through as they're shaking hands. He's just really disappointed, upset with himself that he put the team in the situation that he did. And, again, this was something that we'd seen throughout the game, especially as the later innings you know, progressed. We saw whether it's more difficult for them to see out there. We saw Dean in left field with that fly yeah. ball last inning. Yeah, very tough. Something was Weird. going on, and even Kramer on that last pitch was giving signs by touching his shin guards rather than giving a normal sign with his fingers that you normally see hidden uh, between his legs. So, so something was going on with visually that some guys were having some difficulty out there, and you know what? Good, good at bat by Brown. 
no doubt about it. And uh, hey, Scott, we appreciate you being with us tonight. Hey, great it was, being it was here. Fun being here. We're going to catch up with you as the season progresses. You bet. Uh, uh, great job, and uh, we're going to send it back. We'll take a sixty-second break. Be back with uh, a post-game report right after this on your new skin BYU Sports Network. That's the last out. Great pitch on the outside corner. He gets him. Now let's hear from the players and coaches in your BYU baseball postgame show. Here's Brent Norton on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Okay, back here with uh, Rhett Parkinson. Uh, Rhett was our uh, player of the game here today. Uh, Rhett, a senior. Yes. And, uh, wow, what a game. I mean, you've been involved in a lot of these BYU-Utah games. Uh, you just never know what to expect. We saw a crazy, crazy ending here tonight. Yeah, no kidding. You know, it's it's crazy. My hair's starting to thin out because of these games. You know, it stresses you out a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we came out. It was a, it was a gutsy performance from a lot of guys. Um, credit to the Utes for being able to put some runs together at the end of the game. But, you know, we were able to come through and, you know, get some stuff done. We needed to get it done. So well, it was good. And, Rhett, you looked at, uh, fantastic tonight. Came in. Uh, in relief, kind of a staff day. So you probably had a pretty good idea. You might see yeah. some action and, yeah. and came in and. And threw the ball great. You looked to be very comfortable, relaxed out there, and able to throw the pitches where you wanted to. Yeah, that's been a big thing for me this year. I, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, talking to myself the right way, getting my mind right and everything. And uh, since being home from the mission, it, it feels good now. And so it's good that it's, it's happening in my senior year. So and, it's good. And BYU-Utah, you know all about that rivalry. You've been oh, involved yeah. for a number oh, of yeah. years. And uh, yep. and uh, you, you know how much this means to Coach Littlewood and the entire program. Definitely. You know, I grew up in Utah. I grew up in the Cache Valley area. So, yeah, Utah and BYU, you, you grow up, you know, seeing that. A lot of good games, rivalries going on. It was It's really fun to be a part of, for in, sure. In your mind, what could this do to the Cougars? Tough weekend, LMU came in. Uh, Cougars uh, just weren't really hitting on all cylinders on the mound or or swinging the bat. Uh, uh, really shockingly lost three. Uh, hopefully a win like this can get th- uh, things propelled the right way. You know, I'll tell you something. The the feeling in the clubhouse among the players is really positive. Um, after the game against LMU the other day, we were able to have a, a players-only meeting. And, and, you know, the the main message there is that, hey, guys, like it's a long season. Um we're talented. We have very good players on this team, and, and we're going to put it together when it counts. And so this weekend, I think, I think you're going to see a different team. I really do. This team is. I think the wheels are starting to turn for us. You know, in talking to Coach Littlewood in the pregame interview, he's, uh, I mentioned him. Hey, four big, big games this week with Utah and then Gonzaga, and yeah. you kind of kind of fight your way back into that conference now. And and you know, when you look at the start of the year with Gonzaga, LMU, and then on the road to Pepperdine, mm-hmm. those three weeks, uh, tough weeks, uh, and you got to be ready. Yeah, you definitely do, you know, and this is what you live for. This is, you know, all fall and, and all winter time and everything. That's what we prepare for. And so I think as far as us as the players are concerned, and I know the coaches as well, we're, we're definitely ready to go, and we're excited. You know, it's, it's going to be a fun season. We're going to do a lot of good things this year. Well, right, you threw two innings of perfect baseball. You had one walk. We'll forgive you for that. Hey, appreciate but, that. But uh, phase six guys got the double play ground ball, right? Yeah, And uh, yeah. defense kind of stepped up for you, threw 34 pitches. How does the arm feel? I know you've had a little bit of trouble with your arm. Are you feeling pretty good? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I had a little bit of problem with my shoulder, but I made the decision. I was like, hey, it's my senior year. I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> Who cares if it hurts? Just go out there and throw the best you can. But as of right now, it feels totally fine. That's so. a great attitude. Well, Rhett, hey, we appreciate you coming up. First time we had a chance to talk to you on yeah, the radio. And, definitely. And uh, fantastic job. Uh, uh, always nice beating the Utes. And, uh, oh, again, yeah. we'll see you on Thursday, all right? Hey, appreciate it. You Thank betcha. You. And then we're going to be joined by head coach uh, Mike Littlewood. Right on. And, Coach, uh, we'll have you sit down. And, uh, well, like we said in the pregame, Coach, uh, boy, you never know what to expect with uh, BYU-Utah. And 
Uh, I'm sure you're you're pleased with a lot of aspects. There's probably some aspects that you're not as happy about, but a win's a win. Well, I think the only thing I'm not happy about was the way Jake Sudruth approached the ninth inning. I felt like he was relaxed, like all he had to do was just go out there and throw the ball over the plate. Mm. It's a good college baseball team. Yep. Their record it doesn't it doesn't matter, and uh, what what records are and what the score is, you have to go in there and, and pitch like it's zero zero or you have a one zero lead, a one run lead, and he he. He didn't do that, and it just showed by his lack of focus and, and uh, lack of attention to detail, and that's the only thing really tonight that, that I'm upset about. Um, happy the way. I'm, I'm upset with myself, really, in that I didn't keep Drew Zimmerman in. Um, I let, in everybody, talk, I yeah. let everybody talk me into yeah. he, he had a sore arm last week, and I, I get where all the, my coaches were coming from, and I should have just went with my gut. Seven pitches. He could have thrown seven yeah. more and been out of it. He was just so sharp tonight. 93. I mean, 93. He was yeah, sitting at 93. Because I told him, I'm like, guys, we can't go into the ninth having, you know, ha- having nobody back there um, that's proven that they can finish on the back end. And, and uh, you know, I just let him talk, talk me into it. And I'm not throwing him under the bus because it was my decision and it's, it was a coach's decision. But it's a good learning <laughs> – it's a good lesson for us um, – you just you win this game you're in, and then you move to the next game. And but I understand we do need Drew healthy and and ready to go this weekend. Positive thing about Sudruth, he came back and pitched pretty well in the tenth. Yeah. So he, you know, he, he got that intensity back and and uh, came in and, and did the job. He he sure did, and and that's what you know that's why he's in the back end of our pen and, and closing games for us is because he's got that. And I think it might be a good lesson for him as well that you can't come in and and just kind of sleepwalk through anything at this level it's just not going to happen maybe at mesa community college you can do that but you can't do that here you got off to a great start here coach uh, scored four in the second uh one in the fifth one in the seventh and again one there in the tenth uh uh perns got the big triple for you that knocked in two uh i like the way kringlin sw- uh, swung the bat tonight he had a hit a couple of sacrifice fly rbis and and then brock hill just continues to pound it three for five tonight three for five and two other two other balls yeah. that he smoked and i i loved uh nate favero's at bat in that in, yeah, uh, in, in the, the second inning oh in the second, in the second yeah. inning and i loved the one in the on his bunt too yeah. i mean that's our five hitter bunt you know bunting a guy yeah. over which and you know and I took a chance in the what was it the ninth? ninth with I took Brennan. a chance, and yeah. because the you know our scouting report says he's a one four one five to the plate, and that's the only good throw that catcher made all night long. And so I just I, it's a risk reward play, and I just thought, man, with without without having anybody behind Jake, we got to try to win it this inning because uh, I didn't want to throw him out there. But anyway, you can second guess everything. Oh, um, sure. The the big you know, and I told Cam Merchants when he's on third, I'm like, hey, they've had. About ten wild pitches and pass balls combined. It's only a matter of time, and the yeah. next pitch went to the went to the backstop. Well, coach, uh, it's always uh, like you said, Utes and Cougars when they get together. Even though the the Cougars have really dominated the series, uh, uh, all sorts of fireworks, crazy stuff, and and we saw it tonight. You got to credit the Utes, like you said. I mean, I think ten of their sixteen losses have come from one or two runs. Yeah. They've been, they've been in every game, and and uh, Kennenberg, we've seen him throughout the years, a great uh, great coach, and he's got a lot of great young players on that squad. Yeah, he does. I mean, the the, the second arm we saw, uh, Justin Kelly, I think, freshman, he had a he had a really good Copper arm. Copper Hills. Yeah. The, the ball came out really, really well, and good tight slider, and um, yeah, I, I was really impressed with that arm, but they're always, we, we talked about it in my office before, it doesn't matter records, it just really doesn't, and we call it a cliche, but I don't know what else you call it, it happens every single time, it comes down to the last at-bat, that four-run lead did not feel like a four-run lead to me. It yeah. felt like a one-run lead, and, and it, you know, that, that turned out to be true. Well, 1,902 uh, in attendance tonight. Uh, uh, our, our 
our post-game guest, Rhett Parkinson, uh, threw a perfect two innings, uh, did a nice job. But, boy, it's, you can never have enough lefties down there. And, yeah. Uh, it would be great if Rhett could g- give you that kind of performance every time. I think he's kind of settling in, and, and we've, we've seen that from him pretty much this whole this whole year. He's got, he's got a little bit of a sh- sore shoulder and pitching through it a little bit. And just he's a bulldog out there, and that's why, that's why we sent him up here with you. Did a great job and love his effort. Well, Gonzaga this weekend, Coach, uh, a big one. Uh, you're you're 0-3 in the conference with the Bulldogs coming in, and whenever uh, you get together with the Bulldogs, it's, it's a dogfight. I mean, yeah. it literally is. We saw that last year. You played each other several times, and, and looking for more for the same uh, this weekend. Well, we needed, we needed this to find out how you win. It doesn't matter if we scored on a pass ball in the ninth or if we, would have sco- if we would have just beat them 6-2 or whatever the score was. I mean, it doesn't really matter. We got a W. And that feels good. And the guys, there was much, much different energy um, on our bench and in our dugout today, which it, it gives me a little bit of hope going into this weekend. All right, Coach. Well, hey, congrats on the big win. Uh, we'll see you Thursday uh, as Gonzaga coming in. All right. Thanks a lot, Brent. You betcha. Cougars win uh, 7-6 here in the bottom of the 10th inning. Cam Richens uh, scores the game winner on a pass ball off the catcher's mitt. Uh, with the win, <coughs> the Cougars go to 10-9 and on the – on the year, and with the loss, uh, the Utes dropped to two wins and 17 losses. I'd like to thank uh, Scott Haas for his great work. Also, Cole Wissinger back at uh, BYU Broadcast Central for his great work. And with that, we'll say so long and remind uh, the fans to join us Thursday as the Bulldogs of Gonzaga come to Provo. With that, we'll, uh, we'll say so long from Larry Miller Field.